Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Bator of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the second episode of our engineering series. That's right. Today is all about Jordy LaForge in The Next Generation. Jordy, here we go. This is going to be so much fun. It has been so much fun watching these episodes. Oh, like my engineer, the engineer that I uh, never could be is really <laughs> coming to life with this. I love to see it. Absolutely. I'm absolutely glowing. As always, Rihanna, we are very happy to be a part of the Starfleet Podcast Network. SPN is a great community of podcasts. Please go to starfleetpodcast.net to check out all of the podcasts in our community. And now, Rihanna. Okay, so we had, <laughs> we, Rihanna and I had a really fun time planning this episode because we are finally back to like getting into very specific categories and not just going in order. Yeah. And we both realized that uh, we are kind of scandalous today because <laughs> I was just playing the game Star Wars Rebellion right before we started recording the pod, which is an amazing board game for two people. One is the Empire, one's the Rebellion. And I was drinking out of my Star, uh, out of my Stormtrooper mug, my tea. And like, I can't believe I'm bringing this Star Wars energy into the podcast. So I was telling yeah. her this and then Rihanna. Yeah. Literally, I saw her Star Trooper mug and I was like, well, right now I'm wearing a sweatshirt, but underneath I have a Death Star shirt. <laughs> so, so we are we... also a Star Wars <laughs> podcast today. Yeah, we are also, we've temporarily, we're in the Star Wars podcast network, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, wow. I just Shocking. thought you should all be aware of this like weird energy in the in the studio. <laughs> if you felt yeah. it, it's because there's a stormtrooper present. <laughs> and the Death Star. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> another feat of engineering with the fatal flaw, you know. Like <laughs> what we're here to talk about. <laughs> For more about that, please watch Rogue One. Um <laughs> oh, <man>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ashlyn. I would love if today you could pick out an action figure for me because I am currently dog sitting. This dog I am watching, his name is Dilly, and he is right next to me chilling on the couch. So I forgot to bring all my action figures over. I believe I have one Spock in my backpack, but um, I thought you know, that you could choose for me. I, I'm kind of sad that bringing your action figures was not your first thought when you were spending <laughs> yeah. the night somewhere, Rihanna. Yeah. So... I always have at least one on me because, you know, priorities. Yeah, normally I have one in my purse right now. I have a Spock, but he's like, I don't know. I just, I brought him to watch Strange New Worlds. I just. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have some separation. So, and hopefully you'll pick out a TNG character. All right, Rihanna, left or right hand, which one do you want to be your action figure? Left. Left. Okay. Left's going in. <laughs> I love the crackle sound. <laughs> <laughs> of the action figures it's like a ambient a, sound yeah asmr <laughs> okay oh. <laughs> oh she's pulling everyone out okay rihanna you chose left mm -hmm. you have admiral mccoy oh, hello mccoy <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you bud he 
he has, was on TNG. Yeah, he has. This is literally his outfit from TNG. He his terrible. I thought about him in Relics. So yeah, I know. And McCoy could still be alive by the time uh, season six rolls around. So yeah. I hope there's a a novel out there about their reunion. <laughs> yeah, that'd be lovely. Spock's alive too. Anyway, yeah. Um, from my right hand, I chose Saru. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's looking great. Very he's flexible. The today. dancing queen. Yeah, I have him <laughs> yeah. doing a little <laughs> jive. Excellent. Well, thank you, Ashlyn, for choosing our companions to come along this journey. Now, let's talk about our favorite techno babble of the week the very important question. <laughs> <laughs> this has plagued me. Every episode I watch, I'm like, okay, what's the best techno babble, though? Mm-hmm. Something that. I think we didn't really talk about the last episode, but I think is a very important part of techno babble is that you can't just say words, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't just be like put the contraption into the like blobble shoot because you don't you don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. And so like it's kind of a skill to say something that's kind of dumbed down science enough mm-hmm. for a general audience to understand. And so there's a lot of times like great uses of metaphors. I think the famous one is uh, like Scotty, I think of in TA in um, the Kelvin verse in Star Trek mm-hmm. 2009, where he's talking about the the chance of achieving this techn- technological feat is like riding on the riding on a horse backwards, trying to shoot like a bullet onto a grain of sand or something crazy. (laughs) Like he always has these really memorable like rants he goes on. Yes, um, To make it clear to the audience, like, oh my gosh, that sounds really hard, you know? Yes, totally. So for my, and this week is a little bit different. It's not just like a technobabble that I thought was funny, but it is one of those great metaphors that Jordan Uh uses. So in in the episode Newground, he says, no more bulky warp engines or or nacelles. The ship generates soliton waves and then rides it through space like a surfboard. (laughs) And like, I I love that. And it really stuck in my head. And it just makes me think of the Enterprise, like gliding like a cool cat down a surfboard. (laughs) Like who needs warp engines? You can just glide through space. That's so cool. You know, like I just think it's really memorable and really hilarious to hear Jordy say surfboard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I love surfboards still around. <laughs> and he's gonna yeah. ride the, ride the Enterprise on it. Yeah, literally, you were looking up, or we were talking about the episodes, and you're like, "Which one's the surfboard one?" And I knew exactly <laughs> what you meant, so it worked. It's very memorable. Yeah, yeah. Rihanna, what was your bit of technobabble? Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was honestly astounded by this one in Next Phase. It's an excellent episode. I watch it a lot. I love it. I have never really paid attention to the techno babble before. So I wrote this one down. Um, I believe it's I believe it's Geordi or Data who says this. A phase ship could hide anywhere, even inside a planet, and that a convent and that conventional weapons would be useless against it. What? Okay, so they're talking about being phased and basically cloaked. And I just love the idea of okay, we want to do a death fake out. We don't know how. Let's cloak Jordy and Ro and phase, like, pretend they're phased. And and then let's talk about how a whole ship could hide anywhere, even inside a planet when it's phased. Like, I thought that was crazy. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was so cool. Like, if I was a Romulan, I'd be on board. Yeah. Like, come on, son. Let's give it a try. Yeah. I will, I will give 
my heart to see if this could happen. Yeah, it was insane. So I was really, I loved that techno babble. I loved what I just literally wrote down what in all caps. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, I am so excited to talk about next phase, but you know, we have a long time before we're yes. getting there. <laughs> um, okay, so we have made a beautiful watch list and we finally like have an order we're kind of back in it guys yeah. we're like we're putting in full effort <laughs> again um, <laughs> <laughs> so i should say we have time to put in full effort now true, true. um all right so the first section will be adapting tech on the fly with best of both worlds part one and iborg and then section two is the forge plus other engineers with booby trap Galaxy's Child, Relics, Masterpiece Society, and First Contact, the movie, not the Voyager episode. I don't know how many times yeah. I can make that, make joke, that joke, but <laughs> if we're going to fit Voyager into it, it will be, it will happen. So actually, I think, um, I think it's a TNG episode. Anyway, I'm just, no. the is movie, it? First Contact. Um, I'm thinking Nemesis is the Voyager episode. Uh, yeah. Any, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> You're right. Um. And then the last section is just Jordy being Jordy, and I'm so excited for this section. I'm already giggling about it. Um. We'll be talking about a fistful of datas, new ground, Samaritan snare, force of nature, disaster, and ending the pod with next phase. So there is a lot to look forward to. Um, so excited, <laughs> yeah. Ashlyn. Thank you for putting this watch list together it's going to be so much fun. So yeah, I had yeah. a blast with this one. And um, you might hear the rain. <laughs> That's how you know, it's a summertime yeah. rain. <laughs> no, we, we just had crazy rain. So yeah, well, you gave it over here to us because it's okay, coming down right go. now. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, so I was going to say with the watch list, this was a very different experience than having to make the Scotty watch list because besides wolf in the fold there's not a lot of scotty episodes like engineering or not and for jordy that's a totally different story because there are actually a lot of solo jordy episodes and honestly only a couple of them relate to him actually doing engineering so i wouldn't be surprised if we got some hate there's like there's so many episodes i didn't include like aquiel where he like kind of falls in it's like it's definitely an engineering episode but he like mostly falls in love with his like ghost lady yeah and then there's one where like he sees his mom when his face i was thinking of that one yeah um that's a fantastic episode but it's not really about him doing technology except he upgrades his, his visor but you know yeah i mean he does some other really feats of cool stuff but we talk about it in our family series like a lot so yeah um it, it's just not the focus that i wanted to have so yeah that's fair it, but it is weird to omit these like a lot of episodes that are really Jordy heavy but it's usually about him like learning something or yeah or turning into a glowing alien yeah see like that one <laughs> i don't i don't <laughs> i don't need that one in this engineering <laughs> series so if you came to this thinking i can't wait this is about a Jordy as a he whole human episode this is not it <laughs> it's engineering Jordy. but that's really fun because who wants you know let's just analyze all these people's careers <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's the career path not yeah. the person i guess yeah yeah we're not here for heart we're here about how are they doing on their Hard job facts. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh and then yeah and then also tng as a series really got their stuff together. Like the writing, the writers really started coming up with a Star Trek Bible of some sorts of how to deal mm -hmm. with these different systems. 
And I'm actually really lucky that I have the Starfleet TNG technical manual in my possession. Thanks, Aunt Jenny, my homegirl. This is like the lady who raised us on Star Trek a little bit. <laughs> yes. I have, she also gave me, gave me, I mean, gave us, but I'm more passionate. So Rihanna let, let me have them. But yeah. um, I have the TNG or I have the Enterprise D blueprints and I've been posting those on my Instagram this week. A lot of people have responded asking for the source. So I've sent you the link um if you ask for it but they're super cool and i want to get blueprints of every single ship now uh, that's so, incredible yeah like She's i was really like vibrating with excitement over here well, yeah because <laughs> then you like look in episodes you're like wow this person was like at the top of the ship and they ran <laughs> down like or they went down like six jeffrey's tubes while this <laughs> ship was broken you know it's just interesting yeah. to me because you guys yeah anyway they're poor no names. i love it i think it's so amazing that they like make those you know yeah but in order for them to make those they had to have come up with like mm -hmm. a background a background truths about the enterprise that we might never see as fans in order to make sure that everything is accurate it's it's part of story building you know yeah um and tos i mean it doesn't seem to do that too much a lot of the techno babble like they had some agreement but it was really like wild and a lot of mm -hmm. that dialogue is not brought into the next generation a lot of it is but yeah. i really got the sense even from season like one to seven complete different journey like i think it gets much more sophisticated the more you go and i think the actors get better at saying the techno babble when they as the years go on i've seen a lot of like kate mulgrew is famous for like hating the techno babble yeah. <laughs> but she does it so flawlessly and i know a lot exactly. of actors like really do struggle to like say nonsense which is fair um, yeah <laughs> yeah which is totally fair so um i i'm just fascinated this is why i'm so passionate about this series because all of these different factors really weigh into this imaginary science that they're trying to sell us on um, which, you know, and they do have consultants who mm -hmm. um, I think help them to simplify it down and help them to say like that, this is actually like kind of plausible. And I think that's why a lot of um, people in science like Star Trek too, for that reason. And there's, you know, with sci-fi, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff and make up your own rules. But I, I've always loved that about Star Trek that I feel like maybe I'm understanding more about the universe while I'm watching it, even if it's not all necessarily true or possible. Dude, I love that so much. I, I just went on a rant, but <laughs> no, I loved the rant so much. I was like, bless. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I do love how it has sophistication. It has starts to have more sophistication in the fact that like it is so cohesive, especially seeing it just from Jordy's perspective. Honestly, LeVar Burton does it so well, the, the techno babble. Like, I'm so impressed to see him just deliver these lines. And with a lot of passion, you know, this is what I love about Jordy is that he's going to be like, okay, like, let's try this crazy thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just think you have to have a spirit to be an engineer. You have to be someone who's really open-minded to try new things and to think outside of the box almost at all times, because you want to trust an engineer you, or you don't, you wouldn't trust an engineer who's like, I only have two ways of doing things. Because if you're in a crisis, you have to listen to each other and agree on the solution that's going to be best for the ship. You can't just say like, oh, well, I don't know how to do this other thing. So, and yeah. someone, who, someone who doesn't say no also, it, that, that, yeah. those are two themes I'm seeing emerge 
so far from these two characters yeah agreed and like you said giving the two options always like Jordy and almost every episode is like well we've got two things (laughs) we can try sometimes he's like we got three things on the list you know like he is just he's incredible at giving options and like the percentage of both how successful they would be incredible like what a legend so many percentages thrown around oh yeah. i can't wait i wrote a lot a lot of percentages, a lot of percentages. <laughs> probably a record breaking about i'd say this is well it got to the point i was writing down so much techno babble i was like this is essentially i'm just like copy and pasting the script for this yes. entire scene and so i was like i just need to pull up the transcripts and read them on the pod yeah because it got pretty tiring and this is <laughs> this is kind of the norm from here on out like tos was yeah. like a little bit of a break so i'm just like warning you rihanna like as yeah. as viewers no, and this... or as viewers of star trek and then for anyone else who like wants to take out this take on these challenges of watching these watch lists you'll see yeah. these themes yes. emerge no literally like you're gonna understand more than i do because honestly <laughs> most of the time i'm like sure <laughs> i know that they all live through this episode so i'm gonna <laughs> assume that it works no and i'm i'm so invested i'm yeah. so invested oh it's so fun to watch i love i love this watch list thank you for putting it together and i think let's dive into the borg you know right away <laughs> well this is another thing that tng brought to star trek was the borg so it's great to see like we got to see scotty invent time travel and do all this yeah. cool stuff Jordy is now groundbreaking because of things Jordy is now breaking new ground, lol, um, on the on these new things that the Enterprise is discovering because they're going where no one has gone before. And Q already brought them to the Borg, gave them a little treat earlier in season three. Yeah, we did not put that on the watch list because <laughs> no offense, but all Jordy does is be like, "Hey, you're not allowed in here," <laughs> and then he's like. Hey, don't look at our computer system. And the Borg is like, I will. <laughs> See, this is okay. This is a, another like mini theme I kept seeing too. Is I kept expecting, oh, like an episode like that, Rihanna, like um, mm-hmm. like Q Borg or whatever. Q Borg. <laughs> What's that episode called? Um, Boldly Go. <laughs> no, it it's gotta be a Q. It's like the Q who? <laughs> Q Borg. <laughs> Knock, knock. Who's there? Yeah, the Borg. The Borg. You cube <laughs> is what it should have been called. <laughs> or Q cubed, like the oh third. Okay. Anyway, um, were you looking it up? No, I was just sitting there trying to think. Okay. All right, Q- Borg. Q-less? Best of both Borgs. It is Q who. Yeah. I was right. Oh, ah, you're right. Like it seems like an episode like Q who where there's this like crazy new force and i and i remember in the episode too that like q drops them off and leaves them there at some point so they do have some like negotiation battle with the borg i'm thinking that should be a lot of geordie but the writers want to focus more about like picard's journey <laughs> like like him learning something from this or like from there's something psychologically happening with the borg and it's not really about the technology this was ha- kept happening to me too in making this watch list and be like, why isn't Jordy like doing anything in this episode? It's because they want to make a moral point about a different topic. Um, That's such a good point. Yeah. And usually we see the engineers get snubbed. So that makes sense. Yeah. If someone's got to go for an emotional plot line, it's going to yeah. be LaForge and any, any other and engineer pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no We're two justice. for two right now. Yeah. Yeah. So with the Borg, the first time Jordy is actually dealing with them is in the best of both worlds. Brianna, do you want to 
I mean, who needs a, a summary, but do you want, <laughs> what, do you want to jump in? While I look yeah, sure. Yeah. So Jordy has a lot of, um, moments here where he is learning about Borg technology and what they are, have been making shall be included to adapt to a Borg attack. And so Jordy is trying to think of a way to install devices that would normally take 18 to 25 months uh, to install and to like align with their ship system and everything. And the closest help is six days away. So just laying out the stakes here that Jordy is under. Um, and Jordy is planning to quote, modulate shield mutation and um, returning phaser, any returns the phasers to a higher EM base emitting frequencies. So here we go. He's turning up the frequencies. <laughs> um, yeah, so essentially we see, <laughs> essentially we see Jordy, I'm trying to think of a way to say this, um, just mostly in engineering in this episode for quite a while also trying to deal with the new tech that Shelby has been discussing yeah well so Shelby's supposed to be a Borg expert you know mm -hmm. she's she's the Janeway of this time period <laughs> yeah. um she's done her research and so I think it's really cool to see her in these scenes with Jordy totally. especially because we see her battling Riker on the bridge and she's really like going forward in command but then she's also down in engineering making things happen and she's going yeah. down to the planet with data I'm like okay Shelby yeah, she's, she's working hard yeah she's mm -hmm. everywhere and so I really like the scene of her and Jordy working together and again like not a, I'm saying this for the first time about Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Like Jordy doesn't have an emotional opinion about what's going on on the bridge. He doesn't like hate Shelby. Like yeah. he's he's just kind of like okay, like whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, Can we and, work on this together? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great to not have a strong opinion about like what needs to be done about the ship, like like emotionally, you know. Um, yes. Because he's just like, yes, I'll take orders if I agree that it's the best thing to do. And so I love seeing them work together. I I thought this was actually a groundbreaking thing that they're talking about because that's one of the hardest things for. Starfleet to figure out is how quickly the Borg adapt and this is a problem throughout the entire time we know the Borg is yeah they keep adapting so quickly and so to have the shield modulating rotation well I so that kind of makes sense to me though because yeah. it's like the configuration of whatever whatever is putting together your shield changes so there's no like reliable way to hit it if you're doing it so fast the board can't adapt that quickly so i thought that was great and that's technology that we are going to continue to use like that and then later in the episode at the end it was also shelby's idea when they have their phasers to do the same thing to rotate the resonance frequency of the phasers mm -hmm. so when they they can get a couple more shots out of them then rather than just like one evolve yeah um, so shelby is really like the brains in this situation about like these innovative techniques against the Borg and Jordy's just like, yes, ma'am, let's go. Yep. Let's go. I see that you are more accomplished in this field. So I tip my mm -hmm. hat to you. I think too, it was interesting to see Shelby also point out like find almost an immediate weakness in the Borg from their first attack. You know, I mean, she is right on it saying like, I think it was when they were trying to tractor them, she like inverted yes. the power in the tractor beam that was just incredible to see just immediately like okay we she anticipates the next steps as well as the Borg anticipate theirs 
so it's this fierce battle and I think like you said Jordy's just like great the Enterprise can do what it can and I can help you know and he's one of the reasons that they get out of it alive and Shelby of course is a huge reason absolutely yeah well and something also they mentioned at the beginning of the episode I thought was interesting about the Borg cubes is that they have so many backup generators that the board the cubes can still function even if it is 87 percent damaged yeah and so like these are the kinds of things that like terrifying facts that are being thrown at them and also they can repair so much more quickly than humans can because they they're all working together yeah Um, (laughs) yeah i guess oh 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 and then uh, my last favorite part about this episode i think was when or at least my favorite Jordy part yes um when they have to evacuate engineering and he's like all right computer emergency or evacuation protocols the things go off uh sirens go off and then everyone's running away and this the (laughs) the shield comes or the um like barricade the the partition like comes down and Jordy has to roll under it like indiana jones I totally I thought of loved it. Yeah, he was, and he, it was a great role. I, I wonder if that was really Lavar because it looked yeah, like a lot of fun. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, my favorite Jordy part was when Jordy is talking to Riker about their plan with using the deflector, and um, <laughs> Jordy says it'll take a few hours. And before Riker can e- Riker can even speak, Jordy goes, "I know, I'll get it done in two somehow." Like. I love that he knows of these impossible deadlines and how to skip around them. Maybe not as masterful as Scotty, because Scotty will teach it, but (laughs) he's really already aware. He's like, I know what we have to do. I just also, Jordy is only lieutenant in these first couple episodes. And I I think that does happen a lot where it's not like higher ranking. Like Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes expect commanders or lieutenant commanders even to be... Um, the heads of departments but just a lieutenant like that's awesome and he's chief yeah. engineer mm, i love jordy he's incredible oh my god so I, I, he has such a great part in this episode this is iborg um Ooh. so we're continuing the borg theme we're going to talk about hugh the love of my life <laughs> <laughs> you know that i watched this episode like a week before you give the watch list wow, <laughs> so, wow. just for fun i was like i love this episode so, so it's on your modulating shield rotation of episodes it really is <laughs> good one. Oh, thanks um, i don't make wow. i don't get to make that joke often it's a, it's a very good one. <laughs> oh man uh, okay rihanna yeah. talk about he's the true love of your life he's he's like the og <laughs> um so hugh is found i mean sorry third third of five is found on this moon is it a moon i think it's a moon yeah yeah found on this moon he has been deserted by the borg and he still has a homing signal but crusher is saying he will die without operation or without like immediate attention and they decide to beam him aboard with the factor that like he'll be under a safety guard jordy and crusher will be in there with him all this kind of stuff so this is a great time where we get to see a jordy and crusher tag team which we're going to see again in another episode coming up um you probably know <laughs> that one is from our watch list but it's really cool because science and medical do i mean sorry science a little engineering and medical do like sometimes work together really well because we've got the same kind of analytical minds have to sort of have a making these life-saving decisions every day 
and you have to sort of have a little bit of a detachment, a logical attitude towards it and towards the situation. And so to see Jordy and Crusher working together, they kind of both bring out the empathy in each other, but also are able to separate as much as you can. Like it's really hard in this one because everyone gets sort of attached to Hugh because he's a sweet cinnamon roll who's done no wrong. Um, (laughs) So he's- What about the people he murdered? (laughs) What murder? I literally can't help it like Eleanor Hugh like it's all it's all Mm -hmm. the same I love Mm -hmm. them all um yeah so it's really incredible to see Jordy get so attached to Hugh just because he's working on his systems he like understands maybe Borg the Borg in a way that like you at least respect the technology because it is incredible technology and so I think from an engineer standpoint he's also probably like oh man, I get to look at this Borg tech up close, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think there is a, you know, a respect to, <laughs> to the advances yeah. you've made, you know, because they're they're ahead of the Federation at this point because of who they are as a culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I love what you were saying about the collaborations between engineering and medical, and it really reminds me of Reno when we first meet Reno in Discovery because... Um, Oh, yeah, that's she's, what I was thinking of. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, she's keeping yeah. humans alive because she's an engineer and she's like a body is just uh, like a, a body is just another machine, you know? Yeah. Um, how accurate that is, I don't know, but like sure. it's, it's fine. I love <laughs> it's Reno. Reno logic either way. Yeah. yeah. And so I, but I think that's true. Like that's kind of what doctors are, like mechanics for our bodies. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. Know, <laughs> true that. Gotta know, gotta know how things work. Yeah, so, I think that's almost a Rutherford quote too, like when he's <laughs> changing into medical, see if it's a good fit for him. <laughs> I think maybe I took that from <laughs> lower decks. Yeah. Like they're just mechanics <laughs> for your body. They're just engineers for, for your bodies. Yeah, I can see him saying that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Yeah, well, what I love to see too is this is a, a rare episode where we actually get like Jordy's humanity and his engineering prowess um, because yes. he is working so closely with Hugh. And I mean, Hugh becomes really attached to Jordy. He says throughout the episode, like, I want to, I want to hang out with Jordy. Like, yeah, I love Jordy, you know, whatever I, where is he? I want to hang. And despite the fact that it's Crusher from the very beginning, who is unfailingly defending Hugh and saying Mm -hmm. we should not use him as a weapon. This is wrong. You're, (laughs) this is so messed up and classic Beverly. Like she's amazing. Yet Hugh attaches to Jordy. I'm not, I don't. I don't mean that in like a how dare he, but you know what no, I mean? I just think yeah. it's interesting that like Jordy is someone who was more reserved and was inclined not to trust him. He was completely changed by knowing Hugh and like really changed his perspective on it. And he voiced it to Picard. Like I'm starting to get pretty uncomfortable about this because he was really awesome. He probably reminds him of Data, honestly. Yeah, a little bit. Like very know. curious about the world and... I think also there is sort of a kinship with like two people who like are more interested in machines. I mean, obviously Hugh is a f- very, very recent ex-Borg, like the most recent you could be. And yeah, he's fresh. Yeah. And so I think that like they kind of speak the same engineering language too. They know how to deal with problems or he can ask him questions like, hey, why does this optical implant do this or that, you know, that they can bond on that. It's really interesting to see Jordy just open up to Hugh more. I think it's kind of like we're going to see 
with his other interactions with like more human or humanoids um that he's a little more awkward you know and I think that with Hugh he's just comfortable because it's either similar with data like there's no sort of ulterior motive to the conversation there's no like complex social cues that kind of stuff honestly fair like I would love to be data's friend and Hugh's friend <laughs> like they just get to the point they ask questions like there's none of that like beating around the bush so <laughs> yeah it's really lovely to see this is a great point and this really I think it definitely a part of who Jordy is like he he's always had trouble he wants to have relationships with women and yet it keeps failing because he can't read them or mm -hmm. he's not like he doesn't understand clues and signs he, he just can't read people very well it clearly makes him uncomfortable and like we see him getting along with Worf a lot too surprisingly yeah. and I think him and Worf have similar attitudes like they don't want to read people or like not don't but like they have trouble connecting with people they're both mm -hmm. they prefer to be like in their element yeah in their element um yeah that's interesting and i and i totally agree that it, it makes him and hugh a natural pair yeah oh i wish data had more time with hugh i know me too that's my only yeah, well, data's role in this was designing a way oh wait the scene was so oh, funny so, hang on hang yeah. on oh my gosh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my gosh okay so the first initially they, they were talking about oh we have to have a way like we're going to send hugh in to be a weapon with some something that'll act like a virus and take the Borg down. And this is what everyone's idea is also. So like, thanks yeah. Picard for inventing like Borg inventing vengeance. Yeah. Like this is how you <laughs> <Yes>. do it. <laughs> Borg something. vengeance 101 is <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Janeway read a lot of Picard's logs, I'm saying. Yes, so. <laughs> she really did, that's true. <laughs> but the way that Data and Jordy come up with, I was expecting like the introduction of nanoprobes or I, I don't know, some something like really cool and technological. But what they do is they imprint a paradox of a geometric form on his biochip. <laughs> and yeah, it, what? And, well, and this sounds crazy, but it's it actually is really hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, and because then like Hugh won't be able to analyze it. And so he'll pass it on and it'll go higher and higher up through the collective and no one will be able to analyze it because it's a paradox and eventually that will destroy them. Mm -hmm. And and then Picard says after Dirty and Data describe this, he goes, <laughs> how original. And I'm like, are you serious? Like this is how original it, yeah how original series is that what you mean to say yes. <laughs> because how tos how, of them this is how they deal with every single robot or android or like logical being they encounter is like give me the letters of give me the digits of pi and then they go yeah. on forever or spock like does something illogical and creates a paradox so yeah. i was crying i was like this is how they're dealing with the borg <laughs> i know what a wild idea y'all like, so take it outside of the box yeah that might be actually my favorite techno babble i forgot about that one that's that's that one's very good really made me <laughs> yeah <laughs> made me laugh yeah incredible yeah data's really busy doing that um <laughs> paradox stuff this has been a good segue um uncomfortable Jordy, because now we're gonna be <laughs> oh, no. moving on to the next section laforge plus other engineers we'll be starting with booby trap so get your leah brahms action figure out from your backpack and bring her <laughs> okay, to I attention <laughs> i want leah brahms action are figure. you serious i'll keep her far away from jordy though yeah <laughs> different bags different tote bags <laughs> can't even touch so um booby trap okay so this I just wish is... they wouldn't call it booby trap like 
yeah any I guess, other name well isn't there also like a bird booby i like i yeah. just i don't understand how all this is related um, <laughs> <laughs> i just don't like the booby Im- implications this. i and i don't want to look up the etymology for some reason so no, <laughs> for some strange reason <laughs> okay so this is a hilarious reprieve because Picard I feel like has been grumpy I mean throughout this watch list Picard is mostly grumpy but in this episode oh he's so hyped he's such a little cute nerd in this one because they discover a Promelian battle cruiser and Picard's like I mean this is a thousand year old ship I would be freaking out too this is super cool and (laughs) Picard's so excited he's like with the Lang cycle fusion engine still intact <laughs> like wow. oh wow fine he's <laughs> so excited and there's this distress signal coming off it which is a another theme that happens all the time distress signal plot <laughs> we should just call them yeah actually for yeah. most of these that's uh-huh. how it starts <laughs> yeah <laughs> it ends with jordy getting them out of something really <laughs> <Booby trap. laughs> minute. yeah <laughs> yeah so as soon as they get close like they actually go on the ship picard goes on an away mission omg and he insists yeah he insists (laughs) and then once they realize like they've been on the ship they come back to the enterprise there's a two percent drop in energy preserves because there's an intense amount of radiation that's being emitted um and so the energy loss just keeps increasing until that they only have three hours (laughs) until their energy will be completely off they can't go anywhere because i'm just reading the entire script right now yeah Uh, they can't go anywhere because the radiation is stopping them from creating a subspace field, which of course you need to form a warp bubble so they can't go sure. to warp. Jordy is stuck. Like he has to figure out how to get them out of the situation before they run out of energy to like a minimum safe distance where they can have their power back. So this is a big conundrum. Yeah, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing great though. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> he's really uh, struggling with this because he's like, you know, I don't, know how to stop it from draining power and so i have to look up the original schematics and original design of the enterprise and enterprise d this <laughs> is like, when i got my blueprints out while i was watching yeah. this episode <laughs> you're right along with jordy like okay yeah, here we like, go all right i'm on deck five <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah so um we have to sort of we have to, of course, talk about the Leah Brahms in the room, <laughs> the holodeck, and we have. But we don't have to talk. Her, but we don't yeah. have to go in depth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we don't have to talk about the dicey parts. We're going to talk about the engineering parts only. <laughs> so it's so cringe to watch these. Yeah. 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 It's it's a lot. So they have two hours to figure out a solution to getting this power, getting them through this debris field out of range of the radiation in order to get their power back because otherwise they're going to be stranded and then life support and then radiation will kill them real fast and so he is essentially working with the Leah Brahms hologram to try to find a, a situation that they could like keep the reserve power they have left which uh, might I say he's running a holodeck program so <laughs> that always cracks me up like I'm what? sure Leah Brobs took a lot more energy to make than... <laughs> but I guess her input was worth it so well you know what's what's funny is like I I know they don't have hollow emitters in the, in engineering but it would be so much easier <laughs> hashtag hollow rights if she could go to engineering and 
actually do the changes instead of them like t wasting the whole like background set for them to do engineering yeah. on yeah i thought all these scenes with picard throughout this episode are interesting um the first one they're talking back and forth and this is you know the the relationship between the the chief engineer and the captain is a really important one you have to be able to trust totally. each other have to be able to have very open minds with each other in a lot of these scenes like picard is checking in with Jordy. hey how's it going down there you know have you figured out a solution we need an idea in like 10 minutes <laughs> and Jordy keeps saying yeah we we're on it we're crushing mm -hmm. it we're figuring it out we've almost got a solution it's we for everything and picard says like once he actually has an idea he said congrats to your team and yeah. Jordy looks at leah and is like thanks they'll be happy to hear that and so I think that's the first sign that he knows like this isn't quite right. You yes. Because he totally. doesn't correct Picard and he doesn't say, oh, it's actually this hologram <laughs> Leah who's helping me. He yeah. doesn't admit what he's doing. And so, you know, like he knows that yeah. it's not quite right. Um, exactly. So true. Which we talked about this also in the in the holodeck series. But mm -hmm. I it what it brings me to a greater point, which is why isn't Jordy using his team, though? It's another, I think it's the Scotty treatment, you know, yeah, like yeah. he's truly, he said to Leah Bravs in the Galaxy's Child that he felt like the Enterprise engines were his baby and that he's really protective of them. It's one of those situations where he trusts only himself and so he's very protective, like it's his baby, it's his Galaxy's Child. So honestly, in booby trap, again, these, these names, I just can't get over it. They're too much for Leah Brav's episodes. Um, but yeah, so I think in Booby Trap, he truly is like, no, I don't need my whole entire engineering department. I'm going to rely on me and this hologram of the ship's designer, you know. So obviously, great brains. Like, he is chief engineer for a reason. Like, he knows what he's doing. And he actually comes up with both of the ideas. Like, first, he comes up with the idea to, like, supplement their energy supply. And he found a way to extend the matter, antimatter, like energy. So he's doing great. And then he's also the one who decides to like reverse everything. He's like, oh, if they're draining our power, then let's turn the power off. They have nothing to drain from and just let the propulsion take us. So really, it was Leah who suggested the computer, you know, does the flying for them and all of that to get them through the debris field. And I think that it honestly shows that like literally Jordy could have done this on his own like he absolutely could have relied on his team to like make it happen but I think the brainstorming and the like going through the process he I mean he definitely needed Leah but he's just killing it even with yes. the dicey things he's doing with Leah yeah Rihanna you bring up a great point because normally this role of him bouncing ideas off of someone is taken by data yeah. and also i mean this is why we have a whole section with laforge plus other engineers because a lot mm -hmm. of situations pair him with maybe the engineer on the nearby planet but yeah. most of them like the whole show is him and data like solving mysteries engineering mysteries together so it's interesting to see i mean he's essentially working with a computer who's like data and i think that's where Jordy shines is like being able to talk something out and work it all through together with another brain is really helpful for him. Yeah. And I think it also just shows how willing he is to think about every single possible option. Like he'll listen to other people. He it, he's never not like, "Oh, you're an instant. I'm not going to listen to you." You know. Totally. He's, he he listens to Wesley. Yeah. 
yeah he listens to wesley he listens to everyone even like mm-hmm. random strangers who are like yeah turn the engine sideways he's like yeah, yeah you're right like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i trust you let's go you know yeah. so true not always yeah. but um, yeah great great point that you bring up brianna well and also i was keeping track because i'm always interested when the engineer the chief engineer is actually working up on the bridge at their little console their back corner console usually and we see scotty up there all the time so i did not keep track because he's just like he's like mccoy likes chilling and uh but here in booby trap is our first one where jordy is up there working on the little console for a while oh yeah it's it's so good i loved seeing him up on the bridge Mm -hmm. there are several episodes where he takes the con and has really like awesome yeah. like has really epic leadership skills again these are not in the totally. series but yeah um i don't want to so overlook good. those like oh, yeah. anytime jordy's on the bridge per- be prepared for some fun for times. some really cool stuff yeah yeah absolutely so like okay so then continuing the leah brahm story <laughs> which is oh, a beautiful man. book yeah. yeah uh this is now galaxy child and love this a plot because jordy and leah do not enter the a plot until the very end of the episode there's like a little alien that's like i think the enterprise is its mom <laughs> that that's it and then what jordy and leah is doing i mean they also kill the they, little alien's mom so or parents parent. we don't know sorry the gender. <laughs> sorry sorry you're right <laughs> um yeah yeah they do or does Parts a little minor murder yeah. yeah a little and he does a little minor so look we yeah. <laughs> everyone was impacted all wrapped up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile meanwhile jordy's freaking out with joy because he finds out that leah brahms has come on the ship to check out his engine designs or not designs but to check out the engines and he thinks for some reason that the Leah Brahms, who was his, who was the hologram is going to act the exact same and look the exact same, even though there was like a 9% chance for error. And also this whole situation's messed up, but he has high hopes coming in. Like he introduces himself and she's like, also, you're the one who's been messing up my engines, you know, completely yeah. coming in hostile. Fouled up, she said. Fouled. Oh, spicy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's getting a don't be your heroes moment uh, for real right in the face. And they they pretty much launch into this argument about being sort of an engineer versus a designer. And I like this sort of like back and forth they have because Jordy is talking about how the- there's theory and then there's application. You know, it's like it, it's kind of like when a principal has never taught a class, you know, and you're like, OK, well, that's gonna you're gonna have a different perspective than when you're actually in the classroom same with Jordy when you're actually out in space there's a lot of corners you have to cut and a lot of places where you can't go right by the rule book and so I think this really unfolds into their differences but Leah is sort of fed up with that argument I'm sure she's heard it a lot you know from people when she's like well I'm I'm a designer like I'm literally making your warp engines I'm literally like helping to make sure that these models run efficiently and do what they need to do. And here you are messing up my entire system. So, you know, like I I feel for both of them and it's a really interesting debate. Yeah. This is reminding me actually of composers versus musicians because I've worked with a lot. I love singing new music, which, you know, is new. So it hasn't been performed before or has been very rarely performed because it's really fun to work with composers. And most of them, like 
have been a pleasure to work with because they are excited to learn about what you can and cannot do with your instrument. And this applies to singing, sure. this applies to like every instrument because mm-hmm. um, there are limitations on everything. But I can't imagine working with someone like Leah who would be so close-minded to the idea of changing because it's it's only a detriment to yourself to not have an open mind about this and it's a de- because then you cannot grow and no one's going to hire you at least like as a composer to design stuff if it's designed or, or to compose music if it's poorly composed you know what i mean totally um, i loved your analogy about teachers versus principals too like mm-hmm. there's definitely just different sides of the same coin, the same system. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah. even though what Leah's engines designs have accomplished is absolutely mm-hmm. extraordinary. It does not mean that there can't be small upgrades and adjustments as needed. Yeah. Especially because Starfleet like was commending Jordy and saying that's really great work you've done with these engine modifications, you know? And so I think once they sort of help <laughs> this galaxy's child go back to its home planet or home asteroid I should say they realize okay I think both of them realize a little bit like there are stuff it's important to like think about what the engines literally can or can't do and like what are the true limitations like you said with the composers too I love that analogy and so I think that they're both learning from each other okay but Leah's also seeing this practical experience is so important and how you have to cut corners because I think both of them learn from each other's experience and so it's just it's interesting to see especially you know the other stuff she finds out and is still able to work with Jordy is remarkable (laughs) I mean I guess you're in a crisis situation but I would sorry Jordy I would not go and have a drink afterwards (laughs) I would not be all sunny and laughing about it after yeah <laughs> no way yeah I'd be I like, think run. they were running on adrenaline high of like we we did this and didn't die <laughs> you know that's fair and I've never done that before <laughs> yeah that'd be <laughs> a nice exhilaration Brianna I love what you were saying and I'm remembering a scene where I in Galaxy's Child where Leah actually compliments the work that Jordy's done in one of the Jeffries tubes and she says I've never seen it designed this way before you should write a paper and Jordy's instantly like nope that is not my deal I don't write papers I've never been good with words and I I'm like well then have Leah write your paper you know and I think he does say that he's like he you says, should do let's it let's co-write yeah. a paper let's yeah. collaborate which I took as like let's you know let's get together <laughs> I know I was like Jordy he was not even trying to be subtle here but like as we see throughout the episode when they try to each do it their own way it doesn't work but when they collaborate it is a much greater result True. so and that's just that's just the theme we're seeing with Jordy and it's it is really fun to see him with someone who's just as smart as him and they're able to have this great back and forth yeah and I think with Leah as well like she says at one point that I'm more comfortable with engine schematics than people and I think you know this is what we see with Jordy and how he talks about women and stuff. Like he's just not comfortable, doesn't know like who to be or how to be. And Guinan is just like, just be yourself, <laughs> like try that, you know, but um, it's really interesting because we see this on different levels. Like Leah is truly just like head in her blueprints, like making her schematics, doing that design work. She has, she is married, you know, we learned that, which is cool. Um, 
so you know obviously she found a connection that works with that sort of mentality of like I prefer the engines but I'll hang out with you you know and so with Jordy though like he absolutely does get like bond really well with a certain with certain people you know I think that there's a lot of people in his engineering department we see that he's just joking around with or he's like really just chill and casual with and of course he's friendly Data, with besties. everyone yeah, yeah he's just friendly and so it's interesting to see these different personalities because they're kind of opposites in a way to see them of course that's what helps make them see the other side of the problem is working together like you said yeah well and in another universe which is all good things like they would absolutely make a good couple and like had this whole interaction not inter not occurred and they had met in a different way and known each other in a different way i would super ship them i think they're a really good match actually so i can't believe i said that <laughs> yeah that's so true yeah fair enough though um yeah so they do still work together well despite the weirdness they set it aside and deal with the problem it reminds me of a quote that rutherford says like deal tackling an emotional problem with an engineering like solution that's like my jam or whatever you know he's like that's how i do good. it so jordy kind of does that too they just have the adrenaline bonding at the end but i did like the idea of souring the milk which we are going to hear about again in relics i know crazy souring the milk. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh so good okay let's go to relics i'm so excited so you know we just did this awesome scotty episode last week and yeah I come into watching Relics a little hesitantly because every time I've seen it, whether it be for the pod or just on my own, I just feel cringe about so yeah. many of the Scotty parts. And I was hoping, and I was correct, that mm -hmm. I like this episode a lot more after having seen so many Scotty episodes in a row. And honestly, looking at this from an, engin from an engineering perspective is really interesting too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right about developing a new appreciation for Scotty and this episode. I think it's really cool to see the Scotty and Jordy moments and to see them understand what they need from each other, you know, because they are pretty different if you think about it, like personality wise. So <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Scotty's just unhinged. <laughs> Scotty's amazing. I mean, Jordy's unhinged in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, there's a distress call. A distress signal has been sent out and the Enterprise has to pick it up, you know? Mm -hmm. And it turns out there's been a ship, a shuttle, it crashed on the on a, a Dyson sphere, which mm -hmm. is crazy, wow. which is just yeah. theoretically thought to exist. And here mm -hmm. it is. And um it turns out it's the Janolin, <laughs> the USS Janolin, oh, holding no. none other than Scotty in a transporter. And let me just Captain read you. Montgomery Scott. Yes, let me just read you this um, this uh, technological stuff he's got going yeah. on. So Jordy is psyched when he sees this. Um, not psyched because he's like, whoa, like there is the, sh the shuttle's crash. That's sad, but there's still some minimal power going on. And he looks at the transporter buffer and he said he's never seen it rigged, jerry rigged like this. Yeah. So how it happens? They they get Scotty out. Jefferson. And Franklin was in that too. The other president was in that oh, too. Poor, poor lad. And he, his signal had degraded to fifty-eight percent. So, like, what comeback didn't live long, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> same energy. Better, oh, better not 
beam it back. Um, yeah, literally. But, but Scotty, his signal had degraded by 0. 0.002 or something, like 0002, like barely degraded at all, which is amazing. So Truly. they're able to get Scotty back and they ask him, what? Like, how, what is going on? <laughs> what? Yeah. How did this happen? Like, um, why did you? I think he asked him, how did you think of this? Jordy does. And Scotty says, well, we didn't have enough supplies to survive. So he locked it into a diagnostic cycle so the pattern wouldn't degrade and cross-connected the phase inducers to provide regenerative to re, to provide a regenerative power source. And Honestly, which I, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It kind of <laughs> makes sense. This is what I'm saying yeah. about like, okay, I can kind of imagine this a little what bit. You're trying to I, logically what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh he says it's absolutely brilliant like we don't see i mean jordy's like yeah. a fangirl about a lot yes. of things like he loves seeing exciting technology but i don't see him like genuinely excited like on the like on an away mission like this yeah you know? totally yeah he's usually just analyzing data or like staying back on the ship to repair stuff exactly yeah so the first thing that scotty says when they go on the transporter to the enterprise and they come out as he says you've changed the resonator array <laughs> like right away he's already engineering he's already looking at the ship and i love too that they use the old transporter transporter sound to beam scotty up like oh the the nostalgia really got me there i was like that's beautiful sound not me crying at yeah that part. yeah literally same and scotty isn't really a bigot against Worf, which is great <laughs> i just had to add that in <laughs> i mean after star trek 6 it's so good yeah. he's not <laughs> yeah this is like afraid of, afraid of klingons yeah yeah so um yeah and jordy explains they've got the isolinear chips like i imagine that trip to his quarters took a long time because he's like let me look at this paddle let me look at this like he's so cute about it he's really excited to see the enterprise in its new iteration i know i love when he's like is this an interface panel he got so excited <laughs> yeah so precious oh my gosh yeah well and he's starting to annoy jordy and this is pretty evident and jordy makes it evident he's like look man i gotta go to work which i can really understand jordy like yes scotty is a legend but also they are kind of in like as the episode goes on they're kind of getting into trouble because they um like the enterprise is like being trapped within like the dyson spheres defenses have been triggered or something so yeah, like when they open it, the comm channel yeah and it tries to like pull the enterprise into the dyson sphere and it eventually is successful so um jordy has a lot to do with and he doesn't really want to spend it talking with scotty and so I was really thinking like, okay, what this episode needs is someone who can just listen to him talk. And because I, Ashlyn, like lover of TOS, I want to hear Scotty's stories, you know? Yeah, of course. I want to know what he's reminiscing about, even if it seems like an old man's ramblings, like it's really valuable and he needs to feel heard too. And so I, I'm thinking Data. So here, you know, now we're at the next scene with 10 Ford, Data's here. But I was, I was kind of disappointed because, I mean, yeah, they have the it's green moment. Um, yeah with the whiskey but i i wanted them to have more of an interaction than they did Same. but i thought like to my surprise you know good old star trek picard is the one who sits and listens to scotty stories and this was a scene to me that was so moving 
And I think part of it, so now we've seen season three of Picard, and now skip if you don't want to be spoiled, but the, they rebuilt the, they rebuilt the bridge of the D and Jordy technically rebuilt the whole ship so they could go back on and like see the bridge again and have this reminiscing moment. The same one that Scotty's having about the Enterprise in the scene. And so I think like that hit me and also just like the nostalgia of of Star Trek. I can't help it. You know, I love the scene. And I also think it's great that Picard is someone that I don't expect him to be. He's like shooting the whiskey down, you know, he's like pouring one out, pouring one down for Scotty. And I'm like so into this Picard. Like I, I was I, like, is am I attracted to Picard in this scene? Like yeah. something awoke inside <laughs> me and I'm a little scared. Rihanna, I was, welcome. I literally you're... downloaded this episode for the trade and I was like, I was like looking around. I'm like, did anyone else see that amazing Picard <laughs> moment? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Rihanna, welcome. You're gonna notice more of those moments moving forward now that you you're woke to it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, exactly. you're awakened to it, as our mom would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so oh. wonderful. Yeah, and Ashlyn, what you said about Picard being the listener is so important because. He is saying, he's repeating things that Jordy said to him. You know, we have to remember, like, he doesn't know that it was Jordy who said it, but Picard is smart. He <laughs> makes some conjecture because Scotty says he feels like he's, quote, in the way and he knows it's his time to stop. He says, I don't belong in your ship. It's time I acted my age. And that that just kills me, you know, because he has been, like, giddy this whole episode looking at the engines. He's re- literally right out of sick bay, like okay let's go down to the engine room and he's all prepared and so <laughs> that's so I, scotty like, like, that's so scotty i love classic. it and, yeah. yeah and so to like hear jordy say that like you're in my way right now like i need to get this stuff done that hurts because he wants to feel useful and he doesn't feel useful anymore and so picard picks up on that he hears what scotty has to say has has to say and um and then he just like sort of relays it to Jordy in this perfectly, I mean, he's such a good ambassador. He knows how to deal with people and how to understand the complexities between like why people are feeling this way. And so he's just like, Jordy, listen, like he just needs someone to be useful and you can say no, but please take, please go with Scotty to the ship so that you can figure out a solution to this Dyson Sphere problem, <laughs> you know? And I just think that's brilliant, you know? Um, so. That was really cool that he didn't order him either. It was just like, if you want to go with Scotty, you should, because he will feel useful. You will learn a lot. And that kind of, I mean, that's subtext, but (laughs) that's kind of what he was saying to Jordy. Yeah. And it's the perfect man for the job because then Scotty gets to feel useful. Like it solves everybody's problems. And also like, it's great to have an expert from that time period on the shuttle. It's the best choice for everybody. So uh, I love that too. And this is where we get some great scenes of them working together. The shot opens in one scene where they're both underneath some piece of technology. You just see their little legs sticking out. Just Iconic. Classic shot. And they're also working together a lot better because Jordy now, like they're, they're both, like Scotty's now really in work mode and Jordy can, like, doesn't have to explain everything to him. Like they're speaking the same language finally. And so I think they yeah. really bond in this scene. Oh my gosh, just seeing the two of them sort of be experts in each part of their field is so fun to watch, you know. Scotty knows this ship like the back of his head. <laughs> Sorry, I had to add that in. Um, but 
Jordy, of course, knows the engines, the current engines and what they can do. And it's incredible to see them working together. I love that um, when Jordy, he t- Scotty tells Jordy to take the, like, go to the bridge, take the con. And he's like, are you sure? Like, you're the captain. And he goes, I may be captain by rank, but I never wanted to be anything else but an engineer. Like, wholesome. I love that. Similar to Spock, you know, he's like, I'm good where I'm at. You know, I don't ever want to rank up or have to have another role than the one I have now. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we we see Captain Scotty um, a lot in TOS, but he's always been most comfortable in engineering. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by one line, though, when Picard says, you know, we can offer you manuals or like specs like whatever you want if you want to learn and become a part of the 24th century and scotty refuses and he says and start like completely fresh you know like a like a schoolboy or he says something like that like an ensign yeah like a fresh cadet yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he refuses picard and i thought that was really out of character like i thought all a part of the put scotty out to pasture thing they have going on and i know he was on his way to retire and he does Mm -hmm. deserve to retire he's a miracle worker like he's yeah he's done a great job but i just thought it was for for me kind of a shock that he didn't even want to learn anything about the future technology agreed that seems crazy he's asking jordy a million questions a minute so (laughs) scotty has so many good lighters here though he literally says at one point, I've spent my whole life trying to figure out crazy ways of doing things. I'm telling you, it's from as one engineer to another, I can do this. Ah, oh, such an epic moment. So good such to see Scotty in his element. I think that honestly, he needed to remember why he did this and remember, you know, like he was really, when he was on the bridge of the Enterprise original or not really original, <laughs> uh on kirk's enterprise he was like really down i think he was really struggling you know with like where do i belong in this century like i'm just a person out of their time literally and that sort of gave him life again or renewed like excitement for oh there's still so much to explore out there yeah exactly and you know because we lost james doohan there will never be any kind of answer to this except in novels and fandom but i always whenever i finish this episode i always hope that he contacted spock because spock's alive he's unifying vulcan and romulus yeah Um, he's out there doing it yeah so oh and then before i forget like this is of course the iconic episode where scotty talks about inventing buffer time a very important engineering protocol where (laughs) you, you never tell your captain how long it'll actually take you to do something Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he goes, Starfleet captain are like children. They want everything right now and they want it their way. But the secret is to give them only what they need, not what they want. And Scotty asks, how much, how long would that take you, really? And Jordy goes, an hour. He says, oh, you didn't tell, oh, you don't tell him lo- how long it'll really take you, did you? And he goes, Scotty goes, you have a lot to learn if you want people to think you think of you as a miracle worker. So <laughs> yeah, iconic. And of course, this is inner or this is talked about in lower decks. We see buffer time for the rest of time, you know, after that. Like Scotty, I think once he or I mean Jordy, once he tried it, he was like, Oh, wait, wow, I have so much more free time. Like I have more time to explore more engineering projects. <laughs> so. I know. Well, and even I, I love at the end of this episode 
Scotty's talking about like trying to fix this ship and he's like it would take me at least a week but you don't have that or but let me guess you don't have that so I'll do it in an hour and I'm yeah. like okay you're a little out of practice bro you can't go from a week week to an hour, hour. <laughs> he's just out of left field <laughs> yeah like they're gonna know you're making this up <laughs> But it fooled me because all through TOS, I'm like, yes, Scotty, miracle worker. And of course oh, totally. he is. Of course he, he is. is. He just has to convince everyone that he can't do the impossible as well. <laughs> yeah. He can do it. Yeah. And another thing he says that I really enjoyed is a good engineer is always a wee bit conservative, at least on paper, you know, talking about how if you write a protocol or something, you're going to think about it with all the safeties in mind. But like we discussed with Leah Brahms, you can't always do that in the field. You have to cut corners you have to what did Spock say like eliminate safety factors <laughs> yes and you know actually Rihanna I wasn't even going to bring this up but Picard uh -huh. does say this in one oh. of the episodes I think it's in um the, I think it's a new ground I think we already talked about it where he's like have you considered the safety factor and Doherty's like yeah. yes and it's minimal and I'm like okay yeah. they <laughs> okay, are still out factor. here checking the safety factors of course important but sometimes in scotty's field you just don't have the time in an engineering field and so scotty's like i wrote these regulations i know what can actually be done versus what is like written on paper yeah and also it's like you want it to work all of the time so you go to the safety factor where it works all the time that's what you write down even though you know the threshold is much higher you're welcome for saying threshold one per episode yeah boom um Okay. Yeah, just wonderful. Love, love Scotty and a great end to his character. He gets a little little glory moment. And a little shuttle moment. Yeah, we love Scotty in a shuttle. <laughs> he says, you're a chief engineer of a starship. It's the time of your life that'll never come again. So that got me a little emotional, <laughs> yeah. especially in our engineering series. <laughs> in our post-Picard series mm -hmm. in <laughs> like, our feels so yeah so yeah. all right well now let's go on to masterpiece society i mean this of course is in the geordie plus other engineers section because geordie spends most of his time working with the genius engineer who's living in this masterpiece society this is a crazy i think a distress signal <laughs> brought them here i'm pretty sure or, no, right. no 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 it's not no <laughs> it's not it's they they should have a distress signal because there is a oh, part yeah of a star there's like a star fragment that's plummeting towards them it's gonna hit them and cause earthquakes around the planet that are higher than like 8.4 on the richter scale like something crazy and so it will essentially destroy them and they are a colony of humans who left earth and have been genetically altering themselves to be perfect because they're trying to advance beyond their genes of us terrible earthlings which is, you know, fair. They were basically doing like a different version of the genetics war. Um, yeah. But that means that there's no disabilities. Like a embryo that would be born with any kind of issues is immediately terminated mm -hmm. and it's selective breeding. So the people who have their jobs have been like bred for it their entire lives. Like mm -hmm. every single it's like, all right, well, my son, I was the president, so you're going to be the president and your 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 offspring's going to be the president. Like, you're just bred for it. So very predictable society, very, like, stable society, not, you know, very, they've achieved peace, but they're not achieving much else. 
I think. And, um, uh, this, so this is really cool because one of the ways like they come, they interfere, which they have to, in order to save the society, they have to work together to tell them, Hey, I know initially this, um, I think I want to call him like Alan. (laughs) Who's this guy? He does look like Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Like his name is Alan. Um, that Troy falls in love with. Yeah. Um, I didn't write his name down. I know her name is Hannah. Um, yeah, Hannah's cool. Hannah's chill. But yeah, whoever. This leader dude, he is, um, and he has like an accomplice, like a co-worker who's very like anti-interacting with the Federation and Picard. Yeah. And Alan is like fine with it. And he starts like talking with Troy more and meeting the Starfleet people. And then Hannah, who's this like most brilliant engineering mind, gets to work with Jordy. She comes up to the Enterprise and has the time of her life and sees how much more evolved they are as humans, even though yeah. they're to, you know supposed to be the more evolved humans. Like, yeah, they mentally. have transporters. And yeah, they don't even know what transporters are. Yeah, and Hannah's shocked by the transporters. They're you're right she's getting to see all this new stuff even with this sort of life-threatening problem it's starting to open her eyes to i could be solving more problems like this i could be trying my hand at something new in life like what makes life's what's what makes life interesting is not just the mundanity of like day to day it's the sort of unexpected stuff that happens whether good or bad you know it's still it makes a life and so i think that's what she's missing and what jordy especially exposes her to because she's got that same engineering mind like these episodes are really showing us the the true engineering mind in all of its different forms and how the beautiful people of stem are are thinking about these different situations and so it's really fun to watch jordy and hannah work together because they are just working around the clock like they have three days and then they have 48 hours left like it just you know once again we've got some counting down happening yeah, it really gets down there. Jordy even has a line where he says, like, we have invented so much because we've needed to invent them to overcome our shortcomings. And yeah. in a society like yours, you haven't needed to invent anything because everything's going great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so true. Like, I even something as terrible as the coronavirus and, like, how it changed and impacted our Earth so much – there have been a lot of changes that have come out because of it, some for the mm-hmm. better, you know, everything expanding so much with the internet and like how we interact online and like with our phones in society on a daily basis now, like Apple mm-hmm. Pay, I feel like exploded during the pandemic, you know, totally. Um, for better or for worse. And there's some changes that are much worse since the pandemic mm-hmm. too, but it just shows you like how, how strange <laughs> inventions can be made like that are so important for the future coming from crazy circumstances so really resonated with this and really resonated with hannah i thought she was awesome and i want her and jordy to get together like i like that would be the real yeah that's the non like cringy version i mean only cringe part is when she's literally being ableist to jordy mm, that is actually very yeah yeah, her, but that's before she's woke. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's not awakened. <laughs> well, and Jordy, I love that they talk about this in this episode because we haven't even talked about Jordy's blind. I mean, yeah. it's obvious he has this visor, but he can still mm-hmm. see. He uses, um, oh, there's actually in this episode a great explanation of the science of oh, his yeah. visor. Um, visor, here we go. <laughs> I wrote visor colon. <laughs> nice. um, 
The visor scans electromagnetic scans the electromagnetic spectrum from one to a hundred thousand terahertz, converts all usable frequencies, then transmits them to the brain. And she's like, "Well, how do you avoid sensory overload?" And he says, <laughs> "There's a bank of preprocessors that compress the data stream into pulses, so it's short bursts instead of like one ongoing stream into his brain." And then while he's describing Incredible. that, he's like. Oh my gosh, that's how we're going to fix the problem because yeah. what they're trying to do, um, which again, this is a great example of them bouncing ideas off of each other because she sees that the enterprise has a tractor beam and she's like, dude, why, why not use the tractor beam to get yeah. the star out of the way? That seems really logical, but mm -hmm. he's like, no, there's no way our tractor beam is strong enough. And so mm -hmm. they are using some of the energy that they have at the station to collaborate but they can't make it work um yeah and so when they're having this conversation jordy realizes let's alter like this is this is how we'll get all the power into one <laughs> is to do it in short pulses through the tractor beam and i i thought you know like so much of these episodes it relies on the entire engines being used like the warp core and right. all of these other elements i thought this was a cool solution because it was literally just them working on the tractor beam for like the entire episode yeah true and i feel like the solution to saving a society is usually not just a tractor beam so i don't know i was just like nice this is a good tractor beam episode as well <laughs> yeah and she they probably put it on the highest tractor factor you know <laughs> like they were ready and she... tractor factor 11 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it broke the tractor factor barrier <laughs> um and she exactly like you said is seeing things that he doesn't because the tractor beam for them is so typical it's like an everyday use basically use it for towing and all this kind of stuff and for hannah it's this technology that she's like i can think about this being used in a different way I also love to see that they both have great steady personalities, you know, together. Like there's not a lot of drama because Jordy one isn't trying to like hook up with her. <laughs> like he's truly just trying to figure figure yes. out this problem. And two, that Jordy seems really confident in this episode. I think because like Guyton's suggestion, he's just being himself and he is thriving in his field. And so he's so confident and he knows he, he of course gives his like multiple ideas for solutions and hannah just like takes that and runs with it it's really fun to watch the two of them yeah absolutely i and i love the 180 she does about her own opinions about her society so much so that yeah. she's willing to leave and she fakes uh she fakes a, a breach like yeah. a like in their deflector that's supposed to be like the shield on their station like on their Crazy. society but yeah i i thought this was a really great look for jordy he continues to defend why their version of humanity it works well for them and he mm -hmm. and he's not afraid to bring any of this up you know he's not tiptoeing around their difference of opinion he's just saying like hi because i'm blind i would never have existed in your society and like I wouldn't be here saving you right now if it yeah. wasn't for that. So, oh, boom, so mic drop, get out of there. Yeah, you know Exactly. I mean, he says, who gave them the right to decide whether or not I have something to contribute? Incredible line. A great way to sort of help her understand, you know, like the society is flawed. Don't you see that? <laughs> yes, exactly right. Initially, she requested asylum right away. And she was like, I'm ready to go. Let's leave. 
but that would be crazy for the whole society to lose their engineering mind, their one engineering mind. And so Picard says everybody has to wait six months to figure out how to keep going on. Um, and then whoever can leave, whoever wants to leave can leave. So who knows? Um, that would be an interesting thread to pull that will probably never be pulled. But it's like, what happened to Hannah? How's she doing now? Yeah, I would love to see Hannah's journey. Let's let's watch that short trick, please. <laughs> hey, her and whale lady could happen. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> I ship that. <laughs> OK. Um, so, Ashlyn, shall we talk about first contact? I would love nothing yes. more. Okay. OK, so this engineering series has awoken a lot in me and one of them is strange attractions to people i've never been attracted to before um i.e we talked about picard zephyrin no no that's my girlfriend she loves Zephyrin cochran <laughs> she's that, like wow. she's like yes i love him um no it's jordy in this first scene when he well first like prominent scene <laughs> when they're back in time and bullets are shot through the ship, through a uh, Cochrane ship, and it's damaged a little bit, but it has to make the flight tomorrow. And so Jordy is called down. He's, Picard says, I need a team of you and your engineers to come down and work on Cochrane's ship. He needs, you know, he needs some stuff ready for the flight. So Jordy beams, Jordy getting his engineers together was so hot. He was like, his <laughs> sleeves were rolled up. He was ready to work. He was like giving orders right away. He's like, you go here, here. Like we'll be down in teams. Like, and also because he's so excited, like he is probably just like, this is literal dream is to be working on Zeph from Cochran's warp flight ship. Like that's insane. I feel like this is the kind of day you go home to your kids. It's like, how's your yeah. day, dad? And it's like, you know, some days my job is hard. And yeah. some days you get jobs like today where you yeah, get to work with exactly. Cochran, you know? Yes. Like, yeah, that's a bedtime story for his kids, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Rihanna, okay, I will agree with you. I thought he had such a swagger in that yeah. scene. Like, he was, like, walking away. I feel like just he was, like, watch throwing it, something in You'll the air. I, mean. I was like, yeah. oh, LaForge, yeah. <laughs> the sleeves rolled up, like, Mariner. Everything about it was exquisite. I just loved it. Picard, I, oh, man, Picard's really hot in this movie, too. Oh, I know. You think that. <laughs> I've never thought that before. Okay, the end with the Borg Queen. How when he's swinging on the vines. Tank top Picard, I'm saying. <laughs> no, you love every Star Trek character in a tank top. Okay, imagine. But also Judzia. Jordy in a tank top in the scene. Okay, actually. Phenomenal. I, would, I would watch Can you imagine Muscle T Jordy getting out of town? <laughs> yes, I would love that. Bro. Wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... So it's actually quite a while until Jordy meets Zephram, though, because he's just working on the ship. <laughs> Zephram's drinking with <laughs> Troy and Riker's smiling. <laughs> um, and so then I think it's the morning of the flight, which is insane <laughs> to me, but whatever. Um, he. No, no. It's the day no. before. Oh, wait, no. you're right. No, yeah, because it happens at like 11 a.m. or something. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So um, he errors. Sorry. literally. No, you're so right. Uh, Jordy wants to check if he got the intermix chamber right. And then Lynn gets to talk to Cochran. So he's very excited. Giddy's a schoolboy. Um, <laughs> and 
this does uh, have a cool showcase of his like the prosthetics they used for this for his eye you know whatever he has in his prosthetic eye is like really cool I love the different like the design they did for the movies and so LeVar could actually like work better and easier which is always well, nice that was one of his demands to coming back for the movies yeah. and he's like, get rid of the visor yeah I we're can't done see. being visor <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah and um and so he gets to look at like the coil and everything and I don't know it's just it's just cool because it's like this is also just helping his engineering even more like yeah. he's just such a badass I know he's so cool um, I thought it was a cool note uh, because when Picard and Data, I believe, first beam down and Troy, <laughs> can yeah. I leave you two alone with yeah. the ship? Yeah. They, they see the Phoenix and they're just both freaking out about it, or Picard especially. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that the ship used to be a nuclear weapon, yeah, um, what? which I thought was crazy. And I feel like it's also Star Trek being Star Trek. Yeah. Um, because like, wow, this weapon, this this thing of a weapon Design is now used to bring peace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it data age. who said that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> money doesn't matter. Like, let's yeah. go. Even though Cochrane did it for money, that's the funniest part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do I do love that. And also good on Cochrane. He's like, you know what? I know how to I know what to do now. I also thought so. Here's what would mess with me, and I think something that we talked about with the time travel series for Cochrane, because yeah. everyone's freaking out about yes. it. And so, and also, Jordy is kind of at his side for a lot of this. And yeah. like Barkley comes up to him and says, Hey, will this type of coil work like mm-hmm. as a replacement for the instrument that was destroyed or whatever um, with the Enterprise and the Borg incident going on um, up in yeah. orbit? And Jordy looks it over, like you said, with his eye, and he says, yeah, that'll be fine. But it, he doesn't run it by Cochrane, you know, and Cochrane yeah. is the one who designs the warp engine. And so if I was Cochrane, I would feel like, it, did I actually achieve this? Or was yeah. this just Jordy who remembered from his basic warp theory class of the Federation? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the Spock inventing, transporting while a ship transport is, beaming yeah um or yeah what's it called it's um transwarp beaming yeah transwarp beaming yeah the theory for transport mm-hmm. beaming <laughs> yeah is, space was a thing that was moving yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly thank yeah. you rihanna but yeah it reminds it me of that where spock invents it or spock like writes down the formula that scotty invented it in another universe crazy so yeah. that would give me some like heart palpitations like am i actually right. worth anything you yeah. know like as me like this this person so literally um, so poor Zephyrin, Zephyrin he's freaking out because Jordy's like completely Jordy. fangirling like he tells about the statue and I love the yeah. line where Riker's like you told him about the, the statue, statue. One I of know my favorite lines in that movie it's so good Mr. Jordy I probably shouldn't tell you this LaForge like he truly is out here saying here's your statue I went to I went to Zephyrin Cochran High School um, and <laughs> He then would would Zephram's freaking out. He goes, just a little hero worship, Doc. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, this is Jordy's favorite thing is hero worship. Like Leah Brahms, Scotty, Zephram. Like we've seen this already. So it just kind of makes sense, honestly, that he would be as excited to meet Zephram. Well, Jordy's just passionate about all things engineering. Yes. This is like the father of modern engineering, yes. you know? Yeah, I think honestly the greatest triumph for Jordy in this is getting to ride in the flight with Zephram and with Riker. Like, that's incredible that he gets to be a part of this first warp flight for 
for earth you know that's like what you tell your grandkids when you're yeah. like on your deathbed and you're like hey i got a secret <laughs> like yeah i was up there i was, I was on the first warp flight but i can yeah. talk about it for 80 years yeah <laughs> exactly oh my god you're so right yeah he probably just had literally the time of his life so amazing yeah i just i love that yeah so this episode this movie had a lot of Jordy B and Jordy. And so I think it's a great time to transition yes. to our last category. Just Jordy B and Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> um, and we wanted to sort of kick off this category with a sort of subcategory that's essentially about Data and Jordy and them working together and Jordy getting to be Data's friend and also Data's engineer and Data also being an engineer and also Jordy's friend. <laughs> like what a great little almost a symbiosis do they have going on here? They have a great thing going on. And to me, this is really a sort of expansion on a similar relationship that was developed in the original series, which is Spock and Scotty's relationship where the main engineer has someone else on the ship who's really intelligent, who he can bounce ideas off of. As we've been talking about, that's Jordy's favorite thing to do. And Data is a perfect partner for him. Data is literally a computer. Like you can just, instead of ask Siri, ask Data anything and he'll tell you. Um, and Data listens, Data has really good suggestions. And the same with Jordy. Jordy listens, he has really good suggestions. And also they really understand each other and they spend time together on their off, uh, like when they're not working, they're besties. So I wanted to talk just for a second about A Fistful of Datas because this plot, like the reason it turns into be so hilarious where all the cowboys on Worf and Alexander's hollow novel or holodeck time, all the cowboys turn into Datas because they are doing, Data and Jordy are doing some experiments in engineering where- That's how it always starts, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> testing some deadly beam right next to the freaking warp core <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> is that I... in this one or is that the no, one where data no, has dreams i, I think it may be both i, I don't know <laughs> I, I feel like they're always there's doing also some weird stuff they're right also there. always do that with the exocoms too like they're right by the warp yes, core <laughs> I almost did Exocomp, but that's more like yeah. the Exocomp alive. I know. I, I looked at that one too, but yeah. But Data suggests, because like all the crew have off time right now. This is a hangout episode when shenanigan <laughs> always, shenanigans always uh, happens. And Data suggests, what if like the computer's memory banks goes down or something? Or like if all the generators fail, like what will happen to the ship? And so what if you adapt me so I could become a fail safe for the enterprise if something were to go wrong. And Jordy's like, dang, that sounds awesome. Like <laughs> doesn't even ask Picard. Like, let's no. go. Let's, let's I'll plug in my friend yeah. to the nearest console. <laughs> like he will do it for anything. <laughs> They're both so excited. This is like Saturday morning cartoons for them. Like like let's no, try something really fun. Yes. Yeah, and so they do, and everything gets messed up, and this, I don't think it ends up working, but this is the beginning of many, many times where Data will use his body to help with things yeah. going on in the ship, because it is, and it, it actually is useful because he's not on the same power grid as the Enterprise. He's like a independent battery, you know? He is! Um, and so the things he can, like, he... As long as he's functioning, he can get them out of a lot of situations simply because he's not tied to the ship. Yeah, like, you want me to take off your head, Data? 
Yes. Well, and that's exactly later. That's exactly what mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards in a couple episodes. Yeah. I just love Fistful of Data's. I, I know this is season six. And so probably Data's been connecting to everything all the time at this point. Yeah, but, probably. Um, I just, I love that trope of let's just hook, hook Data in. <laughs> oh, it's so important. Um, I also wanted to mention as another shout out uh, the episode Interface, because that is also an amazing Jordy and Data collaboration. Even if they're not doing engineering type stuff, they definitely are using this interface device to go to remote pilot the shuttle. Um, anyway, it's fascinating. Another great example of Data and Jordy moments. I mean, there's so many good ones. They're such a great team. It's fun to watch. They're the ones to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Should we talk about our surfboard now? Let's surf it up. Surf's up, Rihanna. Yeah. Let's, let's okay. go. Ashlyn, would you like to talk about this new method of propulsion? Give us a little bit of I insight. would be happy to, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and can I say the data lied about moment in history? Sure. <laughs> That's all I want. So there's this new method of propulsion hot off the block that <laughs> um, is being developed, and it's known as the Soliton Wave. The Enterprise was asked to participate in the first tests of it, which is a high honor. Mm -hmm. Also crazy because they're putting their best ship um <laughs> galaxy class test site, yeah. flagship <laughs> does this new <laughs> experimental warp propulsion non-warp propulsion <laughs> uh, sounds good starfleet mm -hmm. making non-questionable decisions always that uh, cerritos would be perfect for this um <laughs> oh very true <laughs> oh. sorry no shade um <laughs> So this is where our surfboard quote comes in. Basically, you don't need a warp engine. You just generate the wave and ride the wave to wherever you want to go. It's surfing. Um, and Jordy, at the beginning of this episode, is, again, he's jumping up and down. He's so excited. And he says, or, and he compares it to when Jaeger broke the sound barrier and when Cochran broke the warp barrier. He's like, yeah, I love that. Like, we're breaking the warp barrier barrier, you know? Like, yeah, and he, a little did he know he'll be there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Jordy predicting his own future out here. Love this for him. I can't wait to, for him to ride in Jaeger's cockpit as well. Yeah, exactly. Has <laughs> yet to go back. Um, well, and can we quickly talk about how you disperse it the the warp field as well or the warp i mean the propulsion wave yeah go for it oh because like also you have to dis disperse the wave because you ride it like a surfboard and then um the the guy who's like compiling this or no not compiling what's the word the guy who invented this propulsion yeah um essentially said that they use like a a scattering field. scattering field yeah to like make help the wave dissipate and so that's supposedly how it's supposed to work yeah and it goes faster than the wave so yeah it or i think like from your ship you can send it out in front mm -hmm. when you want to stop and it'll like dissolve the energy i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. So cool good theory yeah um i love the beginning of the episode where jordy's like so excited um, mm -hmm. you know, comparing it to Zephyrin and Cockrum and then data says Zephyrin and Cockrum. <laughs> I love that sounds like a bad name. Um Jaeger and Cochran. And yeah. Data says We're because uh, Jordy's like, we're going to witness a moment in history. And Data says, every nanosecond in this every nanosecond in this continuum is a moment in history once it has elapsed. 
<laughs> I just, I love his I literal love that. Well, and then, like, after Jordy, like, says something else, and Data's like, hmm, yeah, it should be interesting. And Worf, he, then Jordy looks at Worf, and Worf just doesn't really react. He's, like, very He's, like, exciting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, again, Michael Dorn, like, genius. <laughs> Iconic. Yeah, literally. And I love Jordy goes, I'm talking to the wrong crowd. And yes. then he's like, hey, Donaldson, you're an engineer. Get over here. Like, and then he, I wish they left, let that scene keep going because it's so fun to watch Jordy nerd out. Like, it's some of the most joyful moments for me is yeah. Jordy and Picard getting to, like, discover cool things. <laughs> Absolutely. And then after the opening credits, even, Riker and Jordy mm-hmm. are talking about it. Riker says, um, it's going to put you out of a job. And Jordy says, I hope so. <laughs> Like I love that. So dedicated to like advancing technology that he's like, great. Awesome. (laughs) I don't have to do anything. I'll find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that. And so he's, of course, all on board with this project. He's this is another one where Jordy is um at the bridge on the or on the bridge at his little console because he wants to be right up in the action. He is reading about the energy transfer, which is now 450% more efficient bananas that's insane like they're all like are you serious this is a crazy and for a moment they're riding the wave and he said you did it warp without warp drive for a while there it was really something to see that's what jordy says when of course things go wrong (laughs) but (laughs) girl boss too close to the sun (laughs) um but still it's like it's amazing that that this was able to be achieved of course because it's an episode it won't last (laughs) like this is gonna be solved by the end of the episode or just not happen and so of course it doesn't happen because it's threatening a a planet and a colony that now the the the, right well okay it's come too big okay so rihanna okay because you calm down i'm spiraling out of control so this initial test that they do um they it starts out looking really good. Like Rihanna said, it it does it. Like they're traveling via Soliton Way for a while. But the test ship that they were using to ride the wave exploded. And that sucks. Um, so they, you know, they couldn't use they couldn't use the ship. <laughs> that does um, suck. Yeah. Well, so then they're preparing for another test and they can't stop the wave. Like the scattering field doesn't work. And so the wave just starts increasing and increasing and increasing and it goes towards the colony to lemma two in fact oh, no. the energy output is at like 96 percent. it starts off at like 4.5 and then they're cruising mm. the enterprise can barely keep up with it um and so jordy says we have two solutions again <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know he loves these solutions he says either we need um so number one is to stop it the engines need to generate an inverse resonance wave and match the exact frequency and amplitude of the soliton wave and it should neutralize but it has to be an exact match and the wave is like moving around all the time like crazy and then number two the way they can stop it is they can like the enterprise can go through the wave and keep in mind they've like had some damage because they were injured in the first soliton wave yeah sure. and their shields like were really low and they were dropping energy but in the solution they would have to go through it in their weakened state and then create a backfire in front of the wave like five torpedoes like just shoot at it in front um and then that would stop the wave and so picard i i thought 
this might be yeah this is new ground where he's like so what's the what's the safety factor in this (laughs) um picard ends up going with number two because it sounds like even data can't calculate like how unstable the wave is going to be and if data Mm -hmm. can't or a computer can't do it you probably don't want to you're do it, done you know yeah <laughs> um and so the enterprise has to go through the wave and of course this is work for geordie because his ship is falling apart but they end up doing it they were only at 33 percent shields oh hello, hello. forgot this is also the alexander episode um oh I yeah so you. i was laughing oh, the God. b plot that's like completely unconnected is this is that alexander has been dropped in Worf's lap um yeah. and i thought it was so funny because during the like total climax of the episode where they're going through the wave and then that's how like a fire gets started in the room that alexander's in mm-hmm. and Worf freaks out he's like can i go put out the fire because yeah. my son's in there and mm-hmm. picard's like yeah go and then riker's like yeah i'll go too and i'm like riker yeah. this During is this emergency a, situation a, emergency and riker's going just to lift Warp yeah. son out of the fire. Aren't there a whole fleet of security officers this who could is be coming point. with Warp? Isn't Warp the head of security? Why yes. does he call his team? Call Why does his team? Jordy call his team? No one's using their teams. <laughs> this is so true. And this continues to happen. Like, where are these other engineers? What are they doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I was so annoyed because they save Alexander. Good job. Okay, mm-hmm. that's nice. It's a nice yes, scene. amazing. But there's resolution for Worf and Alexander. Like, Worf decides, oh, I'm not going to send you to to boarding school, yeah. to Klingon mm-hmm. boarding school. You're going to stay with me. But there's no resolution about this wave. And, like, literally. <laughs> it just dissipates. They, yeah. no, it dissipates. And they they don't even see the leader again. Like, well, it was a good try once more. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> see so you true. next like let's keep trying or at least like this technology is too advanced let's try it again in a couple years just nothing, nothing. They just save the day and just forget about the way and then leave yeah yeah and i would love to know more about this way because it did work for it worked for a second you know yeah and it can surely be modified to make it work in as and a long-term effect i think about like when the burn happened and all the dilithium left like why did yeah. anyone think of this or like i don't know in the next episode we're going to talk about force of nature where it turns out warp is actually destroying our universe okay maybe the wave great... would have been helpful then <laughs> okay this is an example of star trek writers need to get on their stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i mean these but actually details. keep striking please don't get on your stuff right now no no please don't please <laughs> keep striking you're doing keep great <laughs> but yeah ashlyn let's talk about force of nature if you're ready oh i guess so so force of nature this is not strictly a Jordy episode but i thought it was important oh it's to talk- worth it yeah. yeah, I thought it was important to talk about because it's about the ever-changing technology of Star Trek in the next generation. I feel I just feel like any sort of like important advancement forward should be brought up in this oh, type yeah. of series. And so in this one, it turns out like they're in this little corridor of space where the species lives, and they've been doing studies that every time a ship uses this as a warp corridor, because all they do is just like warp through it, it's actually weakening the space and causing tears in it and like messing up the space. And they are trying to convince their, like the sect of scientists who has this like sort of evidence, but like these years of studies showing what's been happening they're trying to convince their own planet that this is happening and then even further of course they're trying to eventually stop these ships from going through this corridor at warp and it's not confined to only this corridor of space no this is all of space that has this problem yeah and this is 
this is insane. This, I mean, this is absolutely a climate change metaphor, like a thousand percent. Totally. And I remember as a kid, when I first saw this, this one was really impactful for me because I was, I mean, this is in season seven, mm -hmm. this one, it seems like it should change all of Star Trek. Because, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a huge disaster that they're facing. Mm -hmm. And when they say like, like you said, they don't talk to the wave guy again. Like he's just gone, not gone surfing. Like they don't talk about these kind of the ramifications of this scientific advancement or if they continue to do research, that kind of stuff. Because we learn that since these tears are happening in space, they're called um, probably like fissures or something, um, subspace insta instabilities that create other rifts. That's what they're called is rifts. And so like the evidence is damning because one of the uh, the sister um, in this like sibling duo who has been completely devoted to this like for years trying to get evidence and to make people listen and she finally does a like pretty much like a suicide run and to sacrifice herself for the cause and for them to understand to see look this is what happened when I went through the corridor. Here's your evidence, you know, and the ev and Picard says the evidence is damning, you know, like the, the Federation Council is essentially recommending just to slow the damage of the warp field effect as much as possible. So there's all these restrictions now and everything. And it's just like, it's just very much it's almost triggering in a way watching this episode because like there's like the earth is at such a point that like we can't reverse the damage we've done it's just about slowing the effects and like trying to heal what we still can you know and so I just got this job as a sustainability coordinator so my brain is like always thinking about environment and like this episode is just so well done even if it's heavy-handed it has to be you know like it's the thing is climate scientists literally have to chain themselves to factories before they get listened to and even then it doesn't happen a lot, you know? And so I think this is exactly the sort of metaphor they're going for here. And it's interesting for sure to see Jordy's role and to see him sort of supporting Picard in these like tough moments, but also just for himself sort of coming to the understanding that, wow, my ships are doing like my engines are, are a part of this problem. It's got to be really like devastating to learn for all of them. Absolutely. Well, and you know, I, I love talking about these metaphors that people use. I actually thought Picard had a really good one in this episode because he says, because they're trying to talk about the rift and what it is and how it's formed. And Picard said, it's like pacing up and down on the same place of carpet. Eventually you wear it out. And I thought that perfectly described, it got to the point, I know exactly what they're trying to explain to us from this metaphor. So great job, Picard. And yeah, I back to Jordy and his engines a like hilarious weak b plot of, of this that i thought it was really funny to talk about was that jordy's like competing with the engineer on the intrepid because he increased his energy efficiency um compared to the enterprise and they went to the academy together so they've always been a little bit competitive and jordy says because data comes in and it's like what are you doing jordy like why are you trying to increase this and uh, Jordy's like, well, we're the flagship, so we should be the best. And he says, like, these are my engines. 
Um, and then There's nothing wrong with a little friendly rivalry. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And eventually they data and Jordy get energy efficiency to 97.2% and Kaplan's Ooh. is only 97%. So okay. congratulations. Nice. Boys. <laughs> you win that round. <laughs> why do you always, why is there always old Starfleet rivals? Like that could be its own series. Cause we have, what's his name? Finnegan. We have Kaplan. <laughs> We have the, the Valor Victorian who's like, um, who meets Julian, you know, in Deep Space Nine. Also, like a whole episode of Lower Decks about it in season three. Yeah. I mean, it's the possibilities are endless here. Jellico's my enemy. <laughs> yeah. He's, if we were to start at the same time, I would, I would throw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there so, we go. So again, like no real resolution from the yeah. force of nature, and it's honestly never brought up ever again, um, nope. <laughs> because it's it it's an inconvenient truth, you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so they just ignore it, like we are. <laughs> and then one day, all the warp capable ships explode. And what can they do? Completely nothing. So yeah. Woo woo. <laughs> okay right. so after that um let's go and talk about some packlets <laughs> wow brutal transition yeah probably our worst <laughs> one but you know it had to be done we had to rip off the band-aid um ashlyn let's talk about samaritan snare this one is actually it's really funny because we talked about me watching iborg i've been watching a ton of tng just like randomly putting it on and i watched samaritan snare also like two weeks ago so I was thrilled to see this through an engineering perspective. It's actually a great episode. I really, of course, adore the Picard and Wesley scenes, but we don't have time to talk about that. <laughs> um, so I think let's just talk about Jordy's role in this, which is, of course, going over to the Packlet ship to assist in repairs because supposedly their engine is down and they have no communications available. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, Again, distress signal, Jordy's here to help. So he says, like, he takes a look at what's going on, and I guess power needs to be rerouted through the Venturi chamber before it can be channeled to the engine coils. So that's that's nice. Uh, so I thought this is a one to note. This is the earliest episode that we've talked about. This is the only one in season two on our watch list. And so I did notice a difference, actually, between the Technobabble. I thought it was a little bit less refined. Um, yeah, true. Like... I just thought it was a little more random, I guess. Yeah. Um, because like, we never got to see Redshirt Jordy running around. No. In these I mean, episodes. I didn't choose any of them. Yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of Jordy in season one. No, like, it just but, shows you his under utility. Like, yeah, he's just like chilling at the con. Um, yeah. But uh, also, Jordy notes that a lot of their technology seems to be adapted from other species. And it becomes apparent when the pack would say we're keeping Jordy. You can't have him. And Riker's on the bridge because Picard's off getting heart surgery with Wesley. Um, normal stuff. Yeah, normal stuff. He's on the shuttle. They are trying to beam Jordy back, but their shields are up. The Packlid shields, even though supposedly like they have weaker technology. Riker thought they could just like still get Jordy back, but the shields are similar to Romulan design. And so that confirms, like, that's what Jordy says. Or I think that's what Worf says or someone. That's why they can't get Jordy back. And uh, they stun him. And <laughs> they have this whole code worked out later. But I, oh, I, I thought, love the code. I thought it was interesting that the Packlids, like, this is essentially how they've been developing is by taking mm -hmm. a prisoner hostage, making a ship 
you know, infuriatingly help them. And then they just get away with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they would have gone away with it too, if it weren't for the Enterprise and Jordy's little friends. So And this amazing crew. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so I think it's really funny because at first Jordy's so, so helpful. He like beams over um not suspicious at all Worf is extremely suspicious Jordy's just happy to repair a new ship I think and so he gets the guidance guidance running and then main power fails all this stuff so he finally gets power going and I love that he says I hate to repair and run <laughs> and he's like but I gotta go and so when he's taken hostage I, I just think this is perfect for the Jordy just Jordy being Jordy section because he truly reacts how I would I am not good with secret codes I'm like just totally straight but obviously they can't and so they do a good job of everyone relaying the information they need Worf is like it would be the fifth house of dishonor or whatever like of honor to die this way and this kind of stuff and at one point <laughs> at one point Data says goodbye Jordy I shall miss you at the weapons assistance weapons assistance analysis fond farewell yeah, i love that <laughs> iconic I, I think that's when jordy finally gets it is when yeah. data's playing along too and says all this weird stuff he's, he's like, like oh, oh okay, okay this is a code uh -huh. but yeah i'm the same way i'm like what huh like <laughs> you're trying to tell me something oh okay you're leaving me <laughs> yeah excuse me so that was just funny you know and it's fun to just see jordy like sort of out of his element you know having to repair uh having to work on the um, weapons and stuff. But I think also it's really fun to see Jordy sort of out of his comfort zone, comfort zone in a way that like, you know, he is of course really versatile in so many different areas of the ship. But I think especially there's like, of course, core areas that he's really great in like warp engineering and that kind of stuff. And so he doesn't mess with the weapons as much or that kind of stuff. And so it's just interesting to see, oh yeah, of course, Jordy can still do all of this if, if needed. Absolutely. And actually, I thought he did a good job acting too, once he understood mm -hmm. what was going on, because he says like, Oh, no, my friends are trying to kill me, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, please, like, let me try to fight back. And the packets yeah. are totally convinced. They're like, they're like, yes, he's on our side now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love too that. Of course, everyone's a little like, Oh, do you think you got the message? And Riker says, if anyone can improvise, it's Jordy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truest? Like, absolutely. absolutely. Engineers are the best at improvising. Yeah. And then I think, like, even Jordy makes up his own techno babble because he says, oh, no, the Crimson Force Field's been raised. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that part cracks me up. Yeah. yeah. And then when he's finally back on the Enterprise, he tells Riker, like, blowing that hydrogen exhaust through the buzzard collector should put mm -hmm. a nice touch on the light show. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> sure yeah love that and then Jordy's oh. like or Riker's like well like good thing we didn't all blow up and he's like yep I disabled the the photons just in time just in you time know? <laughs> what I mean about like the techno babble is a little like yeah. oh You're like, <laughs> I'm not I don't think I can try to follow that I don't yeah. know what's going on yeah totally oh it's a it's a good episode though and or at least the Jordy parts are pretty wholesome so um, oh yeah for sure yeah. okay Yee! let's talk oh, about some okay. of my two two like top uh, definitely these two episodes are in my top 10 top tng episodes for sure yeah this might be my favorite episode of all time oh my god that's amazing disaster i think i've seen it the most i mm -hmm. mm, girl i love it <laughs> yeah i know literally same i think it's like three for me because i borg yeah is always always above a little always bit, above but... yeah 
Um, this episode's phenomenal and we get some O'Brien moments which will be great to talk about as well yeah so I think this episode's best broken down into the different sections the different things that are going on on the ship so Mm -hmm. obviously a disaster has taken place Mm -hmm. and the ship seems to be completely knocked out of power and so the communications are down turbo lifts are down everything's down except Mm -hmm. for life support it seems like Mm -hmm. and emergency lights thank god yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so on the bridge we have O'Brien, Troy, Khan, dude at the con, mm-hmm. and eventually Roe joins mm-hmm. them as well for coming from the turbo lift. And then we have Jordy or we have um Riker and Data are initially in 10 forward with Worf and all of the remaining like people who are injured and just mm-hmm. kind of like everyone who needs like a place to go Family and come stuff, to 10 yeah. forward, yeah. Eventually, Riker and Data leave because they're in uh, the saucer section, and so they need to try to do what engineering things they can from there. And then we have Picard, of course, climbing the triple lift with the kids, <laughs> the kids. which we will not be talking about <laughs> no. in this one, but it's great to note. Iconic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, of course, the star of today's episode <laughs> is with Dr. Crusher, and they are trying to deal with a plasma fire that has erupted in the cargo bay, which, of course, is very quickly diminishing their oxygen. So, Rihanna, dealer's choice, what do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Riker and Data um, a little bit in their role, because it's important to talk about, like, in this engineering episode, what they did to help save the ship, so... Okay, well, let's do it. So as I said, like they're stuck in the saucer section, they have no access to the bridge. And they are assuming that everyone else on the Enterprise is dead, like, or at least everyone mm-hmm. on the on the bridge is dead, Riker says. Yeah. And so they should do what they can to fix the ship without that access. Mm-hmm. So they are crawling through turbo lifts, yeah. <laughs> crawling through Jeffrey's tubes and access mm-hmm. ports eventually they reach a grid that they can't pass through yeah classic there's that lightning lightning uh, effect grid. yeah yeah and yeah. so data offers himself up <laughs> yeah he uses his little android body stops the stream thanks Riker. like he helps yeah Riker. yeah and then Riker has to help take off data's head and plug it into <laughs> a terminal nearby so data can more easily access the ship. I mean, this is genius. You know, if you think about it, like they do plug in data's head a lot, like truly, like we discussed. So he is able to um, assist with like the power levels, I think, the on power the bridge. Grid, the yeah. power grid is rapidly failing. And yeah, if the it, they're trying to also like keep up the containment field around you know what Rihanna is amazing I took no notes for this episode I love that Um, you've just seen it enough you're like I know what I'm talking about yeah but they're trying to like maintain the shielding around the matter and antimatter because if that falls then the the matter and antimatter will collide and the ship will explode so they have such little power they're diverting everything into stopping that collision from happening and Riker and Data initially aren't aware that like how far it has fallen, but that's what they're trying to do on the bridge. So I think naturally let's talk about the bridge now because Troy is the like duty officer. She's a lieutenant commander. Yeah. So she rank is ranking higher than O'Brien and Roe and the guy at the con. 
but she doesn't know what she's Crazy. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so she mm -hmm. has to listen to Roe and O'Brien's advice and just kind of do what she thinks, even though she's yeah. like kind of guessing, but educated guess based off of like whatever they're telling her. Mm -hmm. O'Brien is very do things by the book. Everything's yes. by Starfleet regulation. And Roe is very like, let's jury rig this because we have to do anything we can to keep the ship from exploding. <laughs> I was literally just going to say how amazing it is to see O'Brien in this because he is so rulesy and he's so by the book that seeing him be so aghast that Roe like dumped some power from one system into the other. He's like, that's a total improper procedure. I'm thinking about him on Deep Space Nine in just a few years time, like literally doing the most insane stuff you you've ever seen him do but it's it's all about adaptation it's all about what Jordy was arguing with Leah about is the field experience and and when you're given limited supplies or limited like contact with certain better engines or better this or that then you get used to like you doing workarounds and I think absolutely Roe has learned that from her time on like the Bajoran colony that she was on and just from like being resourceful, having to have this workaround. And no offense, but O'Brien has kind of had a cushy time on the Enterprise and even on the ship he was on. Oh, what was it called? There's that whole episode where his captain has a vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just watched it recently. I, yeah, I watched that one recently like, too. Oh no. His captain has <laughs> like 700 yeah, Cardassians so in cold blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, he was on that ship before. And I just feel like he was he's used to like Starfleet cushy life you know and so i think it's absolutely makes sense that they have completely different men uh, mentalities on like how to do these engineering how to how to work with these engineering problems well rihanna you invent solutions to problems and o'brien's never yeah. had the problems that roe has had true and he will they're coming for him <laughs> yeah yes absolutely crazy problems are coming yeah, I, <laughs> they are coming down. Fast. Yeah. I, I love, I do love seeing this juxtaposition, and then it like forces Troy into this, like, uh, well, should I follow like the proper rules, or should yeah. I let Roe get away with kind of taking advantage of the situation mm -hmm. to do what she thinks is right? Totally. The, the thing I really admire is that she doesn't give in to Roe's a disbelief that everyone else is alive rose thinking everyone else on the ship is dead we have to separate the saucer and, yeah right Woo. yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm just yeah just laughing like troy's she does not give up in yeah. the eye like she knows people are alive she doesn't know where exactly they're alive the sensors can't tell where they're alive specifically mm -hmm. or where people are specifically they send a message down to the saucer section saying hey look the containment field is failing please take a look here and that is how Riker and data are able to know that mm -hmm. that's the thing they have to fix first and so finally when they see that that gets done there's such relief on the bridge like phew and I, I think it's a great line because Troy or um Ro owns up to it and she says I was wrong I'm sorry like um and troy's like you could have easily have been right so yeah like it was put, really just <laughs> don't feel bad yeah yeah absolutely and it's just so interesting to see everyone's different styles when they're like when they're engineers or when they're working on an engineering problem slash solution um because roe is someone who is thinking very much in black and white and everything and so and jordy absolutely like we like you said before has to constantly be thinking out of, out of the side of the box and so i think let's talk a bit about jordy in this situation here the star um because, sorry Worf is 
just helping Keiko give birth. Just, you know, normal stuff. His, um, his midwife era. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, <laughs> so in disaster, or so Jordy's part with Crusher is essentially trying to not die. <laughs> That's their goal. Um, they do, they are able to depressurize the cargo bay, but a lot of steps have happened before that and they work together so well again it's like okay identify the problem here's our different options and one of the big options that they come up with is sucking the giant barrels into space because the closer they get to the plasma fire the closer they are to exploding because they're barrels of like radiation or who knows what they're I, crazy. I, I didn't write down what was in those the radiated barrels, barrels probably <laughs> it doesn't yeah you don't need to know yeah exactly so they can't power get out of the transporter, so they have to find a workaround. And this is just what the two of them are so skilled at. You know, Jordy's constantly trying to find workarounds. Crusher is constantly dealing with complications in sick bay, whether it just be the procedure or like you know the the enterprise is literally being thrown around while she's trying to like operate on somebody. So they're used to these high pressure situations, and so I just love getting to watch them together because they work so great together. They've got this analytical mind. But they also both keep it light. I think they both kind of use humor to diffuse the situation. And so they're surprisingly like a really good pair. And I'd never would have like thought to see them in episode or to like put them in an episode pair together. And that's why I love Star Trek so much is because they put everyone and anyone in a pair. It's very like MASH of them, you know, like MASH was always putting these random duos together. And you're like, wow, I never thought I'd see Klinger and um, Winchester like hanging out in an episode. But here they are, you know, so it's really wonderful to see and they're both good at science and math and so that helps a lot with their like literally in their head calculations about how much air they have left and all that kind of stuff yeah and everything you said is so true rihanna and it it's what helps them act so quickly in this situation because unlike all these other vignettes we're seeing that are take taking place over a matter of hours their story takes place in like half an hour like it's yeah. a quick story but they have to figure out the solution to the problem really quickly. And True. it just is baffling to me how close the Enterprise comes to being destroyed. Like if it wasn't for <laughs> yeah. the senior officers literally working their hardest to stop the ship from exploding, <laughs> like it could yeah. have exploded 10 different ways in this episode. Um, so true. Yeah, I, I, whenever I watch this, I always hold my breath when Jordy. Mm -hmm, um, you know, it's like they lower the field and they grab on tight to the ladder and everything yes. while they're being flown away and I always hold my breath and try to see if I would survive to like be like Jordy and tap the okay lower the force field yeah or, so now they won't get sucked into space but then they both also have to go to the other end of the cargo bay and turn the air back on <laughs> yeah that part's crazy because you think it's over and then they still have to do that whole distance yeah and crusher yeah. is the one who makes it so again yeah. teamwork jordy did one teamwork. thing and crusher yeah. closed it out crushed it yeah literally crushed <laughs> it she crushed that button yes <laughs> so ashlyn we are we ready Okay, so Ashlyn, we talked earlier about Rose engineering sort of style and the way that she thinks about the world. I think now let's move on to our final episode, which is next phase that features Ro and Jordy in quite the predicament. Um, and we see that they're they have a very diverse style of thinking, the two of them. Um, so <laughs> talk let's about just, rare pairs. This is such right? a right. This is a rare yeah. pair. Oh my gosh! So let's talk about this episode. 
Joe Drower. <laughs> Bro- that's, that's their ship name. <laughs> Joe. Joe. <laughs> or Rorty. <laughs> oh, God, no. Okay, well, Joe are perceived dead. So what happened is they never beam back from the transporter and they think that their atoms are just scattered in space or buffer or whatever. And they, the whole crew thinks that they're dead and they're starting to write up certificates starting to see you know like trying to figure out what caused this the transporter to malfunction because they are assisting the romulans um there's this whole thing with the romulans and i get this episode just endlessly confused with uh timescape because it's like basically the same plot just like go think about it for two seconds and you'll be like oh yeah this is the exact same plot um and jordy's in both of those too as like a main feature so Anyway, timescape. The smiley face laughing at the smiley face. Oh, and the Romulan agent board. And the Romulan agent can move in the is also like in their time flux, like the the same flux they are. And um, they're both sending a beam to the Romulans because they both and they also both answer to distress call from the Romulans. And um, both of them are in a weird like realm of time or space that is like not normal to the rest of the Enterprise. Um, and they're both Blowing on time crunches about getting blown up. Like there's just an <laughs> endless amount of craziness. Timescape is phenomenal. I watch it a lot. So um, yeah. So anyway, Jordy knows that he's not dead because one, he's been through this. He's seen this film before. <laughs> and second, um, he, I don't know. He's just Jordy. He he thinks about every single possibility. Meanwhile, Roe is like, we're dead these are the facts we have to go make peace with our with our past lives i mean it's my favorite line every time we watch next phase i have to say it but jordy's like is this really like if this was heaven for me like am i really a blind ghost with clothes <laughs> exactly. exactly it's so true and rose like well that sucks man yeah. Like, yeah. i don't know what to tell this you this is how it is we're gonna yeah. forever be wandering this earthly plane you know <laughs> Yeah, iconic. So <laughs> Jordy, being the curious scientist that he is, we will always crack up about this. He just immediately starts walking through panels, walking through corridors, walking through people, through the turbo lift door. Ro is patiently going behind people to get through turbo lifts and stuff, but Jordy's just walking through. He's a full scientist to his last breath. Like he will engineer a solution to any problem. He is ready to like figure out what the hell is going on why they are walking through people what happened with the transporter so i love that he they immediately go to places that like could have relevance to their situation like okay let's let's check out the transporter bay let's figure out engineering let's go to engineering see what's happening and then later saying oh let's go on the romulan ship we need to see what's going on over there to see if it'll give us any answers which yeah. of course it does because of this crazy they cloaked themselves thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. Also, I mean, this episode could not have been. This episode is brought to you by Data because yes. Data is the one self like self inflicted. He decided I want to do this analysis of why they didn't reappear, like exactly what happened, because he noticed a slight energy fluctuation in the transporter when they beam back after he checked the logs. And based off of that alone, I mean, it's his best friend, you know, like he wants to have a confirmed like method of death, I guess. Um, He wants to, Data wants to know exactly what happened when they didn't reappear. 
And just by following this kind of trail of breadcrumbs, Data ends up deciding, oh yeah, I need to go back over to the ship. And Jordy's just watching Data like a hawk. And throughout this episode, he's rooting for him. He's like, Data, I'm right here. And he's like putting his hand on the table. He's like, look at me, dude. <laughs> like, like, don't listen. give up now, Data. Yeah. Just increase the frequency. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so through, I mean, again, like even though they can't communicate with each other, Data or Jordy is still using Data to bounce his ideas off of because he's seeing like what Jordy, what Data's trying to do. And then he's filling in the blanks with the information that he knows. So I think it's mm -hmm. it's great to see like how they're able to solve this problem just by basically watching Data, like watching Data's trial and errors. Yes, so true. Yeah. And I also love the fact that um, when Ro is sort of out deciding to go make peace with her past life and ready to try to move on in into death, Jordy is out here getting right to work, figuring out what's going on. And because he's truly not the type to sit around and wait for answers to come to him or accept things at face value. Like he's like, I've been an engineer too long. I've seen too, way too much stuff to think that this is what's actually going on here. And I think that's what puts him a little bit above Roe in this situation in terms mm -hmm. of like, okay, she's kind of giving up. Yeah. But Jordy's had a lot of experience on the Enterprise. This is season yes. five. He's seen some stuff. And yeah, Roe's seen stuff, but it's like she's seen Cardassian. She's seen war stuff. And Jordy's yeah. seen like weird time stuff. Yes, you know? And weird exactly. space stuff. Yeah. Very good difference. Yeah. And I think though that they can work together well though. Like I think once once rose on board and is like okay you're right this is not we're not dead um unstoppable yeah both get to be very analytical they kind of leave their emotions at the door you know about everything that's going on about the funeral they literally attend of for themselves like they're able to kind of compartmentalize that but it is interesting to see the scene where picard talks about the first time meeting geordie and we don't get to hear what Riker is going to say about roe but he says that Jordy was assigned to test pilot Picard and Picard made a remark about the shuttle efficiency not, not being as not, it should. Sorry, not test pilot, but Jordy was driving a shuttle yeah, assigned with Picard. A pilot. Yeah. And he was doing an inspection. Oh. So not a, not a test pilot, but Picard was performing yeah. like a inspection. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Picard was performing the inspection. He made a remark about the shuttle efficiency not being as it should. And Jordy ended up staying up all night resetting it and Picard knew he said I knew at that moment that I wanted him on my command or like under my command so it's just amazing to think that like that's just Jordy being Jordy like truly Jordy is Jordying with this because he will stay up all night to repair an engine and to anything for the state of efficiency for the state of like advancement of engineering advancement of science that kind of stuff like he is always for like forget about sleep forget about eating forget about relationships like it's about figuring this this stuff out that's figuring figuring out these mysteries on the ship and also repairing it constantly <laughs> yes i'm totally with you it yeah it and that is not a great impression to make, you know, like, I, I think it shows that Jordy's just so committed to having everything run as efficiently as possible. I don't even totally. know, like, if he's trying to rank up, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think that was his intention. He was just like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should fix this. Yeah, I think so. Or especially like hearing, you know, about his old school buddy who that he's always kind of been motivated by, oh, I want to be able to do better than I'm currently doing, you know? Yes, love that. We yeah. already talked about how crazy it is, like the fact that they're shielded. I thought it was mm -hmm. interesting, something that I never picked up before. When Rowan 
Geordi are walking around, they're forming chronoton fields. And when they're back over on the Romulan ship, Geordi's looking at all the equipment and he says, this looks like a phase inverter. And he remembers that a while ago they got like tech, like uh, Intel reports that Klingons were working on combining a cloaking device and a phase inverter. And this is, this can create what Rihanna's talking about, like, like being able to go inside a planet to hide and <laughs> like know what weapons will affect you because you're just phased out of existence. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, like this is, this is nuts. And so he, Insane. he suggests that this is probably what the Romulans were trying to do, but the Romulans do, they, that's exactly right. And they call it a telephase generator. Okay. Um, this is when we find out that there is a Romulan who also got phased and he's just like chilling in this existence. He was holding a phaser when he was phased, LOL. And so in this segment of space, he it, it works. Like he can fire on Jordy and Roe. And there's like a hilarious scene where this couple's having dinner and there's like a fight breaking out so on good. this different dimension. <laughs> but then the stakes, uh, everything that's going on, uh, with the Romulans is that despite the Enterprise taking all this time out of their day to help them and show that, hey, we're peaceful, let's all get together, the Romulans can't take a risk that the Federation knows that they're trying to create this telephase generator. And so right now, as they're doing these repairs, the Enterprise is sending a power transfer beam. And so the Romulans will set up um, one feedback wave inside the beam and the particles will accumulate in the dilithium chamber and explode as soon as they go to warp. And when Jordy gets, like, he hears this plan, he's like, oh my God. And he goes back on the Enterprise and he realizes that they won't even be able to tell about this Muon feedback wave unless they perform a level three diagnostic, which they're probably not gonna perform because they don't need to. And, and so how all of this plays out is that these, like Data really needs to purge these chronoton fields before they get underway and yeah. get warp just because you gotta clean up your mess, you know? <laughs> and the more he cleans up, the more he keeps seeing that they, they appear. Because of course, this is what's being generated by Roe and Jordy. And eventually they do, um, they kill the Romulan who's- Yeah, they um, eat him out of the side of the ship. <laughs> the Romulan, like this is not a chance for diplomacy. Like he, no. <laughs> he goes, they use his phaser, ends up being very useful because if it fires, it leaves way more chronoton energy than, than just them walking around. And then at the very end, they Roe has the idea to overload the phaser and then Data will which which works like data and jordy data data and picard are talking and then Rowan and jordy are standing in front of them when the phaser goes off and um they're decontaminizing the area they actually see them they're like yelling like hey Love hello, that. we're, we're here yeah. yeah and then finally data and picard are like did you see that what is going yeah. on that was genius like what a great solution for the two of them and like you said by following data around and figuring out what he was figuring out they were able to kind of all work together even if data didn't know it you know yeah well and i found myself literally screaming along with jordy because he's like come on data you're so close like yeah, listen literally. to us that was me i was like data like it, it's such a good sense of it's such a good way to build suspense because is it gonna work totally. is it gonna work oh my gosh it worked yeah oh so good what a great payoff for this episode and just again showing how genius Jordy is in a pinch like truly even though he's presumed dead he still saves the day <laughs> like that's incredible being dead is not an excuse 
Yeah, literally. And Jordy is out here doing it. So yeah. Boom. Wow. Ashlyn, yeah. this has been an amazing, amazing episode talking about Jordy and talking about engineering on TNG because it is so much more complex now. And the techno babble really is starting to sort of make sense. Yeah. <laughs> My Voyager, I'm going to have it down, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> well, we have to diverge a little bit from classic T from classic Federation techno babble because next week, next week, we will be talking about the Cardassian Bajoran Deep Space Nine techno babble. So I can't wait to see what kind of crazy words they're going to throw at us, especially in o'brien's wonderful timbre i can't wait it's gonna be so fun to get to talk about chief o'brien deep space nine next week but before we go to that i would like to thank jordan hirsch megan chowning mc freudis spotted giraffe isabel david willett kurlan noskos rick mason john t bolds gil dara jeff richardson never otter even anna post t alexander ivan fetch and michelle all of you are the goat thank you so much for being our patrons we really appreciate everything you do for our podcast and rihanna thank you so much for joining me this is yeah this has been such a delight and i love talking about tng and i am very happy because you seem to be getting the tng spark that i have not seen in you in a long time oh man i'm like i'm like kind of getting back in but we know all that hard work is going to be undone when we watch <laughs> space nine next week i'm gonna be, every well, week this happens every what i series. realized though is that my tng knowledge is like one of the weaker points and I've been going through watching New Space Nine and realizing I know these episodes all so well now. I want some like fresh ones that I've probably seen like once or twice ever. And that's just not really a case anymore with New Space Nine. So I'm going back to TNG sort of to our roots a little bit. I've seen so much TOS over and over again, but I haven't done a big rewatch of TNG. So it's been fun to just go to random episodes and be like, what is going on in this episode? <laughs> and then you end up having a blast. So I'm definitely seeing it through new light. And to talk about Jordy was phenomenal. I love getting to talk about LeVar Burton as well. He's just so amazing. And what a contribution to Star Trek. Yeah, we haven't even, you know, talked a lot about LeVar Burton, but absolutely like nothing but praise. And I especially kept thinking, I wish we could talk about him on Picard in this episode. I know. That's to come. We have our Picard series um, to talk about engineering. So for now, we'll put a pause on Jordy, and mm-hmm. we're going to move on and have an O'Brien party next week. We cannot woo, wait. Woo. Woo, woo. All right. Well, thank you, Ashlyn. Thanks, everyone who listened on this episode, and I hope you have a good rest of your week. Live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the Duras Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the third episode of our engineering series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the most important man in the universe, Chief (laughs) O'Brien. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, and Threads. (laughs) Until until this social media nightmare is over. (laughs) (laughs) We're everywhere. You can also check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating two, six, twelve, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock exclusive reviews for each tier. You can find all of this and more information at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. 
If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, spooky, and the holodeck series. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media, marketing, and editing is by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Two is that we've now seen season three of Enterprise, so like skip 30 seconds ahead, um, where they have rebuilt the set of the next generation and that cast is going back on the bridge and having this reminiscing moment you said enterprise picard yeah i, I was like, enterprise? Are, I'm like are you worried about people speak slow for enterprise, <laughs> 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 enterprise? <laughs> i was like what does this have to do are you talking about the one where they go back to the tos bridge because they do do that in enterprise. <laughs> oh my gosh no picard, no 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 yeah yeah okay. <laughs>